Sleep a Libra Pete podcast, your weekly AW review and breakdown. How's it going, everybody? We got a special guest this week. Before we get to that, I am known as the Duke of Derps. I am also known as the Digital Phantom. I got me one of my best friends in the world. Actually, I've got my two best friends in the world here. I'll just fucking say it. Um, Headshot. And Brady, I'm Charlie. You can fucking take the back seat. I'm going straight to my to my boy Brady here. How is it going, my pal? Yeah, get destroyed, Charlie. Uh, <laughs> hello, everyone. <laughs> uh, He's Brady. on the show every week. They know who he is. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I, I've appreciated the shout outs recently. So yeah, I've known uh, known Duke here for God, a lot of I years. I keep trying to figure this out. I have no idea how long. <laughs> <laughs> a random Minecraft stream brought us together, and I lived right next door to Charlie. So, uh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. So Brady, for those of you who don't know, is the guy we've been mentioning on our podcast who does his own podcast. Who's been a friend of ours, like I said, we've done content with for a long time, and we actually did a wrestling podcast with for years, like actually multiple wrestling podcasts with for years. We did a podcast uh, which I came up with the name for, which I'm still proud of to this day, called Raw Deal for a long time. Um, and then we also transitioned into the VE squad cast for a long time. We did that over on the Vasoki entertainment YouTube channel, which still exists. I don't know if anything gets posted there. I, it's been a while. Some stuff could get posted there. I mean, we've been getting back into, I don't know about you, Brady. We've been getting back into big brother a little bit lately. I'm sure Charlie will talk about that. Uh, but I still haven't caught up on it, but I thought about it cause there's only one episode out. Right. So I could probably catch up, but. Yeah, I think literally the second episode is happening right now as we're recording this. Yeah, like, so, so it's that new. Stuff. I might have to dive back into that, but I'm I'm a massive cord cutter, and so yeah, I mean, I was really big into uh, really big into Big Brother. I think for me, the big thing, and and Charlie knows this. I mean, I was massive into WWE and wrestling in general. I was the one that introduced Charlie to it. Yep, back in the day, and I think that I just got kind of burnt out from watching it you know, twice a week, three times a week, four times a week when it was impact and everything. I, I think I just burnt myself out of it, but I've been getting back into it a little more. I watch things here and there. I try to watch any pay-per-views when I happen to be going, but I am a teacher. So, uh, you know, we're right back into the swing of school now. That is my podcast. It's more, it's called more than a classroom MTAC pod. Uh, it's just kind of a pull back the, pull back the curtain on world of education. So I try to hit different topics from, uh, from the teacher perspective to the administrator, students, parents, all that stuff. And episodes drop every Monday morning at 6 a.m. And our most recent episode that's recorded that will be coming out soon is uh, with our, our mutual friend, Brayden, who has a very unique perspective on modern-day student-athletes. So it's fun. Actual yeah. college football player. Like, yeah, you actual know. Actual college football yeah. player. That's guy who cool. was a high school football coach at one point. Not to spoil your whole podcast or anything, but I talked well, about Well, and I'm not trying to say anything, but if you're looking for some juicy tea, he does name drop a very prolific, You, would, I would say, right, Charlie? I would say top at one point Top three quarterback time, prospect. Top three quarterback prospect at one point was the number one quarterback prospect in the country that played high school ball with Braden, and he does call him out for uh, – some some pretty shady things in high school. Well, damn. So, so now, must, see, must see, now you guys, now you motherfuckers got to tune in. All right, you listen to me. Two hundred percent. We're allowed to cuss. Oh, I don't cuss. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Dude. Yo, oh, let it be known. I mean, Brayden didn't cuss once. I didn't have to edit him at all. Hey, okay. Maybe that's <laughs> why our podcast good. doesn't get sponsors. Oh well. <laughs> I'll sponsor you. Do you want my middle school chorus to sponsor you? I teach. <laughs> yes, I teach music. Absolutely. Way, so. We'll absolutely give them some shout outs for sure. But. um <laughs> 
But yeah, no, anyway. Um, you fucking mark! I am a mark. <laughs> um, it's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So obviously, guys, you definitely should check. Bleh, obviously, you guys should definitely check that podcast out and stuff like that. And uh, if this is the first time you guys are actually tuning into this show, you can uh, follow us on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me at Baneu. That's B-A-N-E-D-U-K-E. You can follow Charlie at Tra- O Charlie with an X instead of an A. And Brady, I, off the top of my head, what's what's your Twitter? At at Visoki Tweets. V I S O K I I Tweets. T W E. Oh my God, we don't have tweets it, anymore. It might- Vasoki oh no! Now, bro. You might oh, get on that like, oh, no. X now. What? Oh no! It's called. It's a post. Vasoki post. Vasoki post. I'm gonna switch it. This is a crisis. I didn't think oh, about shit. it. Oh, oh dang, no. the branding on point. Oh no, Elon! What have you done? This I can't believe you've done this. That's true. Ron Simmons is right there in there. Uh, and also, you can follow the podcast at Eat Sleep Elite. We're trying to build a little wrestling community over there, so you can shoot us a question, shoot us, you know, just a follow if you want to be a part of that community. You could also, you know, uh, just like send a tweet at us to say uh, you suck and uh, you know your your opinions are trash and CM Punk is ruining AEW. Uh, you can say you can say that to me if you want. <laughs> I have an opinion. I have a hot take oh, to shit. start the pod. All right, I've been hit, drinking hit both today. Okay, and uh, I think I- I'm here to say that Bush is better than Budweiser. Uh, I I, want to argue with it, but I honestly have not had enough Bush to say. That's what I'm saying. I've never had. Maybe it's because it's different, but I've been, it's just the the regular Bush, Bush regular Bush. I think. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just going Bush against Budweiser. Bud Light Platinum will always have my heart, but I think Bush. I got no dog in this fight. Yeah, I was about to say, I wish I had more of an opinion on this. I do like Budweiser. <laughs> like just regular Budweiser to me is like one of the best beers you can just casually drink and watching like a sports game or something. But like, especially out of the bottle, but like, I don't really have Yo, a that, strong there was Char- Charlie doesn't drink, bro. Charlie was the best man in my wedding about a month ago and he still, <laughs> oh, no. he still didn't drink. We did a ceremonial shot and he faked it. He's a big faker. Bro, damn, you, I'm oh, a pro dude. wrestler at heart, all right? God pulled damn it. The, pulled the Keeping it it's, all, it's all smoke dude. and mirrors. He pulled the football out from under right as we were about to kick the field goal, man. <laughs> yes, sir. Shit. Oh, man. It's, uh, anyway. But no, I mean, like, yeah, I, I wish I had more of a take on that. But um, so, yeah, so I guess the next thing before, you know, we get into favorites and all that would be um, – Whatever podcast platform you happen to be listening to this on, make sure you follow in or subscribe, uh, you know, whatever button you have over there. And uh, hit us with that five-star Frog Splash review. And make sure you do that for Brady's podcast as well. The five-star Frog – what would be the equivalent of a five-star Frog Splash in, in, in education? <laughs> five-star Frog Splash? Would that be like an A? Get, an uh, a what, plus? something that's I, just like a, a – okay, are you saying it's a good thing? Yes. Uh, I mean, it's a five-star Frog Splash. And in my head, it's like you're giving it uh, the review like if it's, well, it's also five a finisher. stars. I, Oh. Do what? Mm, I don't know. A five-star frog splash. That would be like going to MPA, Music Performance Assessment, and earning a superior rating. There it oh, is. There the superior go. rating. Make sure you drop that superior rating on that on the podcast <laughs> over there. Um, anyway. Um, and, yeah. So after we get all the, all the business stuff, um, the other thing that we always like to start these podcasts out with, besides favorites, of course, is even more positivity. So, um, Charlie, since I went to Brady first for, like, shout-outs and stuff like that. All right. Um, I'm gonna go to you first here. What have you been watching, playing, you know, reading? What have you been doing lately? What What have you been into? I know I actually know a little bit about this. To the surprise of no one, uh, Football Manager is still the go to game. It's so good. Right? It's it's the it's the perfect franchise yeah. mode in any video game ever. I need and to try this. You can it's just so good. Your brain just 
turns off. I, I literally, I listen to books. I listen to John Campia, you name it. Um, when it comes to books, I have just finished The Sworn Sword. It was, um, it's one of those novellas by George R.R. R. Martin in the Game of Thrones universe or Ice and Fire universe, whatever you want to call it. And that was, that was really good. And then watching I got, Big Brother just kicked back off. And while the premiere was horrible, right? It was like just over scripted crap. The cast itself is pretty fun. So, you know, I mean, last year was the first year since another show that Brady got me into since Big Brother 16 that I didn't finish the whole season. And I don't know. I'm, I'm feeling a little optimistic of I could stay into this one this year. Well, it's just a bunch of normal people, which is fun. Yeah. It, a third oldest cast ever. And yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been good. And then if you're unsure about what Big Brother is, by the way, if you're like, I have no clue what that is. It's a reality TV show that is live 24 seven. They put, what is it? 17. I think they have this year. They have yeah, 17, 17 strangers that they put into a house and they have to live in this house for three months. They've got amenities, but they don't have access to internet or cell phone. They are inside. They're isolated. And then each week, one person gets voted out and there's different competitions. One person wins the competition at the beginning of the week. And while they're safe for the week, they also have to decide who the two people on the chopping block are. So it gets very cutthroat with alliances. So if you love just strategic gameplay – it's the show for you, and if you are an addictive personality type person, they have live feeds up all day, so you can literally sit there and just watch them as they go about their house like a demented ant farm. In, in America, they're they're free this year on Pluto TV, so nice. you can so literally you watch them real for life, free. Uh, the, what is that movie? The Truman Show game. That's that's You can literally do that. And at any given point, you can treat it like Disney World and pay a quarter and squirt them with water. <laughs> that would that be would, the greatest. Honestly, if they added in something like that where you could actually buy something and it would like make the power go out in the house for like 10 minutes, dude, that'd you've, be awesome. I've seen these TikTok NPC trends, dude. You you add this, you add that element to Big Brother live feeds, they're going to make a million dollars within yeah, a if, month. You make it a GoFundMe and if the crowd watching the live feeds donates $10,000 and they turn the power <laughs> off for three hours. If you could pay 10 bucks for them to play an obnoxious sound over the speaker. Oh my God, it would never stop, dude. Have you seen Twitch? <laughs> just going on and on but yeah so it's been a pretty good week for me in terms of that and then of course all the wrestling you can fucking imagine um i i went back and watched this uh will osprey and uh hiroshi no no hiromu what well, fuck what's hiromu's last name takahashi hiromu takahashi i was like it's not tanahashi but i, I saw tanahashi. i saw clips of that match going back and forth so i went back and watched that match this week Will Ospreay has evolved so much since he was a junior. It's fucking insane. But, yeah. Um, Brady, what what have you been reading, watching, gaming, I guess, this week? What's, what's kind of been your go-to? Well, it's been back to school. So, I, I gotta admit, I've been hitting the hay pretty early. I haven't been late night gaming. I don't know if you've noticed. But I've been going to bed about 10 o'clock. I'm usually a 1 a.m. person. So, uh, it's pre-planning for school. I've got 210 core students this year, which is great. And so planning for all of them, uh, is important, but anytime I have some downtime, I mean, same, I know that it's, it's been football manager. I've been playing clone hero off my computer, which is fun. Big time guitar hero fan back in the day. So I've been playing clone hero chilling. I do stream on Twitch on Visoki gaming, same spelling as before V I S O K I I gaming on Twitch. So give me a follow there though. I appreciate that. And, um, and then if, I don't know why YouTube algorithm has struck, <laughs> I watch a lot of police body cam footage 
That's and I don't hey. know why. You know, it's one of those things. I mean, my TikTok's filled with it. So uh, I, I, there's just something so interesting. And there's this YouTube channel called Audit the Audit that he goes through and he goes through uh, police body cam footage and talks about what people did right and wrong with what the cops did right and wrong. He offers a really neutral and unbiased view on it. And I think I think it's I love cool. that so I, anything I love can be like content that. like that's so yep. fucking cool. And of course, we've all been watching Tactical Rab as well. I mean, the guy's on fire. He, he's got four ta- videos coming out every day. <laughs> he, I mean, he's got he's got the algorithm, man. He goes anywhere between ten and fifteen minutes, just talks a little daily breakdown, gives a little bit of opinion, and calls it a day. <laughs> Best way to do it. And so, Duke, you're last up, and then take us into your favorite. Um, what have you been? Uh, what, what have you been gaming on this week? You've been, you've been, what you watch anything special it's, post uh, Star Wars Rebels? Uh, not particularly, unfortunately. I've I actually kind of, I haven't really watched anything, to be honest. Okay, so I will, I did watch two episodes of Tales of the Jedi, but I think I did that last week, honestly. Um, to be honest with you. Um, but yes, yeah, so I did Wars watch that. Stuff. Oh, I did watch all of Secret Invasion, which is not even worth talking about. Um, the guy of the goat, that's all I have to say. Um, I never uh, knew a Marvel show could be that dull. Like it's I never just... knew a Marvel show could fucking break the universe. I literally much. just put two hundred dollars in stock into Marvel, guys. Why are you breaking my heart? <laughs> Pull um, it out now. You might have already lost that money. Let's be honest. That money might have been lost as the moment that Gaia became the goat. Um but yeah, no, so I did watch Secret Invasion, I guess, which uh, that's how little that show, impact that show left on me. I completely blanked that from my memory. Um, but yeah, so it's mostly been gaming for me this week, and it hasn't really changed. Everyone that's been listening to the pod since we started doing this, it's the same. It's, it's been Modern Warfare too. It's been the only thing I've been playing. Um, and I've been streaming that on my Twitch, twitch.tv slash the Duke of Derps. Um, and I've been doing that. I just finished the campaign, which I thought was at least on par with 2019s, but I didn't think it was like, stellar right but there was some like fun missions but there was also some really like fucking stupid missions that were they're going uh, full swing with that cliffhanger as we saw today there so they um, are yeah uh, so they're gonna embrace that from Modern warfare 3 yeah that's gonna be so, interesting <laughs> oh yeah are you talking about the um the uh no russian thing yeah uh, yeah that's gonna be interesting to see how they go with that because i mean all right i'll just say it i don't want to be like i'm not trying to be political or controversial here but it it was a it was a it was a mass shooting in a COD game back in the day. And it didn't really hit me like that until later when I realized like really what happened in that scene when I had like context later, you know what I mean? Like and I was like, Oh, I just thought it was, Oh fuck. They just did like a, I guess I kind of knew what a false flag attack was, even if I didn't know that term at the time. So I knew that part of it, but I didn't understand like how significant that was for like a game that came out in America. You know what I mean? Like we all um, knew one kid that went back in the mission and made sure everyone was dead. Uh, oh, oh yeah, yeah. We all did know somebody like that. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, anyway, um, yeah. Um, but uh, so, but uh, so, I'm interested to see what they do with that. So, I guess I will have to at least check out the game. I mean, I will anyway because obviously I've been streaming COD, I guess for years now. But I mean, I, I don't know. I, I it might not be for a while. Just like with this game, but uh, but I've been playing a lot of ranked as well. I started streaming that. I got a ninja defuse last night or two nights ago while playing on stream. What do you get one of the awesome. OG like fun COD clips? A nice. Ninja. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, it was fun, and I'm sure the other team was furious. I wasn't in chat, so I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, and then for reading, I actually did finally pick up a book again. I actually it was today. I finally uh, sat down and read a Tyrion chapter out of A Game of Thrones. 
Okay. Um, which is actually a really good chapter. It's a chapter of Tyrion going to the north to the wall with Jon Snow. Oh, yeah. Um, great chapter. Um, really great visuals in that chapter as well. Actually, I would say the first, like, I don't know how many pages I am in now, the books over there, I'd look. But uh, 170 probably or something like that, if I remember right, uh, pages in, like everything has been so much more visually stunning to read about than like they could actually depict it in the show because, you know, they're not like they don't have magic, you know, to make it look like it's supposed to look. So, you know, like um, but it's still really, really great series. Like I said, Ice and Fire. We've been we've been stuck on it. We've been hard stuck on Ice and Fire now for a hot minute. And I don't, what even got us back into it? I don't remember. Oh, it was House of the Dragon. Yeah, House of the Dragon. Sense. Yeah, yeah, of course. But uh, speaking of which, there was some House of the Dragon stuff I, that came out this week, wasn't there? Like, yep, they're yeah, uh, so. one of the only shows that's still filming. So, which I mean, yeah. So shout outs to them, the goats. We're gonna have an actual show to watch. But yeah, but other than that, like I watched Tales of the Jedi. I thought the first two episodes of that were really good. Um, the next thing I'm actually gonna start after the fucking massive disappointment that was Secret Invasion is gonna be uh, the Last of Us. I'm finally gonna do it. Okay, I I think you're gonna like it. Shows that show's fun. And maybe it's not fun. It's hard. It's hard to watch. Actually, a little bit. Fun. I loved the let's play I watched of the original game, so I'm sure I'll like it. I just need to okay. um, actually watch it. Um. So, but yeah. So going into favorites because now it's time for the actual wrestling part of the show. We're fucking almost 20 minutes in, and not even a single second of wrestling. Thank um. You know the wrestling. You know what's uh, Brady? I'm not sure if you know this. Did you know the Voros twins that that clip is from the Davinci guys? They're actually pro wrestlers, and they have wrestled a match at AEW. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> uh, we didn't. I didn't even know that until I saw them while like, we're going to be on dark. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. That they're just a- a couple dudes. AEW dark better than SmackDown. Well, think about yes. it. Though. They're two wrestlers just trying to get. That's true. But if if um <laughs> if they're just trying to get like known, TikTok's a great way to get known for just something silly. You know what I mean, like that. So TikTok's it's great smart. for everything. That's smart. Well, that's true. But that's just that's smart, why I don't man. have it downloaded. Something fun about <laughs> me is I don't have TikTok. I don't have Instagram, and I don't really watch the news. And I think that's the main reason why I'm a pretty happy person overall. <laughs> that checks out. I haven't watched the news in ye- a couple of years now since like lockdown. The kids always I ask really me just... why I'm so happy all the time. I'm like, because I stay out of everything. Fair enough. I play my football manager with Orlando Fuck City yeah. soccer. <laughs> and chill. It's going to be a running joke for fucking weeks on the show. It's going to be like, what are you gaming? A huh? football manager? What the hell? Yeah, well, at least that's I don't true. get fired. Dude. Jeez. Oh, yeah, I didn't get fired since last week. We're safe. Since last <laughs> week. <laughs> yeah, but end of favorites. So everyone, uh, the, I honestly, everyone knows what I'm going to pick. It's been this way for a long time. It's funny. It's it, CM Punk was not wrestling at the time that we did the original podcast, but I would bring up CM Punk every time there was a secret mystery opponent. It was like, it's CM Punk. I know it is. It's going to be him this time. Uh, anyway. So everyone knows that I'm a big fan of CM Punk. And CM Punk defended his real world championship. Real. Um, I felt uh, against Lord Rickard, <laughs> Lord Ricky of House Sarks. Um, and okay, so first of all, I just I, I have I I hate to do it to CM Punk. Real world championship. How how do we just initially feel about that alone as the stipulation for this? Or I guess for like is is this actually a title match? Like I think the one thing AEW needed was more titles. So I'm, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it's. It's a fucking, I mean, even the match itself, it's just a dumb gimmick, you know? You don't need that title on the line for these guys to have go out there and have this match. But, you know, it's it's all to poke the bear at max, right? So, hey, this is going to be resolved in four weeks, and then we'll hopefully never hear about this real-world title again. 
But I mean, yeah, it they didn't do anything special to make it any better. They get Ricky involved. I, we were watching this with with our friend Mike, and he he said he said Steamboat's not even the ref. What the fuck is the point? <laughs> And Charlie goes, he's the enforcer in case he cheats. <laughs> There'll be this a rep true. Up. It's sure enough. This is true. But <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I'm sort of just off the rip. The match had super ridiculous like, energy. Like they was the crowd was so hot for this match. It was kind of insane, which is kind of big weird because I wasn't sure how they were going to treat Punk. I mean, obviously crowds will always be on a certain side depending on where we are in the country right mm-hmm. but like shout out greenville man I, I i think it's fascinating how he's been kind of divisive lately and but the crowd when he's in these big matches i don't know if you've noticed this guys well, i mean Brady, obviously you're watching necessarily everything but charlie i don't know if you've noticed this like it seems like the, if it's a big match in a big situation the crowd will will give him the reactions he's supposed to get even though maybe they don't like even if they're not like punker punker fans anymore you know like yeah i which i think is interesting um but these were the loudest dueling chants i've heard in a while i what about you guys i I haven't heard anything this loud in a hot minute they were really really into both guys here yeah absolutely and you know it cm punk's bringing a certain energy right now to all of his main events that is honestly it's collision as a whole is just fucking crushing it but yeah, I mean, he brings that certain energy. He makes Ricky feel like a bigger star. And I honestly, going out of this, even though we lost, I feel like Ricky is just turning up the notch on his star meter even more. He, I think that's he, what I'm getting he's at. He's got it all. I don't, think, I don't think it was CM Punk elevating Ricky here. I think he is, obviously, because CM Punk's obviously a bigger star than Ricky Starks overall. But I think... In this match, it almost felt like when two giant megastars, like when CM Punk and John Cena were against each other, there's not really a bigger star in that match. I guess you could argue Cena, right? But to the crowd, there was no bigger star in that match. It was whoever they wanted to win. And I, I felt that energy from this crowd here, which is why I spent like, you know, like, like a paragraph on most of my notes talking about that. Um, they did a lot of mind games to open to the match as well. We had CM Punk mocking the absolute like pose and stuff like that a couple of different times. They did it up on the ropes, and Ricky was like pissed about that. So after he got punked to the outside, at one point he started doing the X, and then also did the go to sleep thing. So you know they were doing a little mind game things back and forth. Um, <clears throat> I thought it was really interesting. I mean, I'm I'm I know we were joking about it, but I actually did kind of get that vibe a little bit. I was like, ah, it is a little weird that he's not just like actually the ref. But I mean, I guess it makes sense because they'll just do something with that. But I don't know. Maybe it would think, maybe it was just to not do the super obvious thing and just have them be the ref. I don't know. But um, it I guess it worked in the end. Um, yeah, I, I think we – anybody that's been watching wrestling for a while, and this is kind of why I got burnt out, right? There's only so many different things that you can do. And so you knew as soon as it said, oh, he's not the ref, he's the enforcer. At some point, the ref's got to take a bump and he's got to come in and make the count because he's wearing a ref shirt, uh-huh. right? Like mm-hmm. we knew what was coming, so you might as well just do the thing and make him the special guest referee. That way you're unsure of how things are going to go. Because then all of a sudden, now if he is the ref and he ends up taking the bump and Starks ends up winning because another ref had to come down because Steamboat got, you know, took a nasty bump. Yeeted. Now, now all of a sudden it adds a little bit of intrigue. Yeah, you can even run the match back. 
at that right. point. You could even have right. Starks live with the fake title. You know what I mean? Like, and like I, have him show back up with it, and that that could be a further angle. It must be that they don't want to continue this or something like that. Or I'm not I, sure. I, but. I, I think for me, and this was a, a collision, just all of collision to me, because watching all three, and you know, looking pretty pretty objectively at all three shows because I don't watch them on a mega race regular basis. I'll watch it if I happen to be on when Charlie's watching and I'll say, oh, I'll watch it with you. Right. I, the, Collision was the professional show of the three other, other than the segment with who was it that came out with like the cardboard cutouts. Uh, the Bullet Club Gold. Yeah. Other than that match was, which was a little more showy. Everything else seemed like a very professional put together atmosphere. And I think that's where CM Punk thrives. And you look at the people on the show, like Samoa Joe is not going to be a, is not going to be a wacky character like Jay White and, and Metalik in and of themselves. The match was still a very well put together, serious match and same thing with the main event. And so I think that this is where CM Punk thrives and he can elevate other people on the show. Yeah. Which Where is what, what he, he's been doing. He's yeah, kind of away sense. from all the BS because that's what – all the stuff between him and the Bucks, and I'm sure you guys talk about it almost mm-hmm. every week, right? With CM Punk and the Bucks when they were feuding, I think that Punk just wants to put all of the locker room BS aside and put on a good product. And he looks at the pro wrestling business in that way. And so when there's you know middle school BS going on backstage, he has no time for it, and people think that he's being an asshole – when in reality, he just wants to go out there and wrestle. I think I, I agree yeah. with that 100%. One thing I also noted, Steamboat looks fucking great for – did they say he's 70 years old? That's fucking insane yeah. if he looks that good for 70. I feel like he could have refed this whole match. You know what I mean? Hear he's, me out. He's walking he better moves than better than – yes. That's, no, that was exactly page. what I was going to say. He moves better than Matt Hardy, bro. He, le- <laughs> he legit – if you put Steamboat – if you put Steamboat with Jeff Hardy, I'd be like, oh, they got some promise. They could win a title. They wanted Steamboat <laughs> to be Ric Flair's last match, but he didn't want to do it. I think was the rumor before Ric Flair's last match happened. Before um, Ric Flair's seventh heart attack. I can't believe he faked a heart attack in that match. He faked a heart I'll attack. I'll never in get that over that. Uh, I will never get over that. That's he didn't just, even tell anybody he was going to do that either, he, I don't think. No, he didn't. He didn't even tell Jay Lethal. I mean, come that's the fuck on, man. I hope Steamboat that's, that's faces nuts. Starks and Steam and Steamboat has to cheat to win. <laughs> that would be awesome. Ruin the ruin the legacy. God, can you imagine <laughs> the goddamn thing pieces? AEW went too far ruining the legacy of a legend like Ricky Steamboat by making him a heel. <laughs> God fucking damn it. Dude, imagine Steamboat. No, he'd get a pop. Steamboat that wouldn't even Ricky be Stark's a heel manager, turn. Dude. Can you imagine? He'd get a pop. Can you imagine the heat for a, a Ricky Stoke, a Ricky, a team Ricky of heels? Oh, anyway. Um, That'd be great. But I mean, yeah, so they did some really great stuff with the, the, the near falls. It was really a dramatic match and the way they built it. Um, CM Punk has always been really good at doing that, obviously. But, you know, you put him in with somebody young and hungry like Ricky Starks and you're going to get a really great match. Um, and I think like we kind of, you kind of just, um, as, as you mentioned, like all the, you know, the middle school BS, but one of the things I think Punk has also done super well, by especially we could say this fake world title storyline is stupid, but what he's essentially done is he's blurred those lines so that now everybody can't really tell. Is he actually the guy that everyone was saying he was while he was gone for months? Is he, is he, is he just playing a character? Obviously he's playing a character, but you know, like, um, like what is the, what is, but he's also, he's not the kind of wrestler that wants you to be able to 
know what he's going to do or what he's thinking. So he's going to blur those lines between reality and fiction, which I think is something that is really difficult to do in pro wrestling, but he's managing to do it, I think, here. Um, as we mentioned, ref bump, Stefan Smith got annihilated uh, yeah. when he shoved, uh, I think, Punk into him or something like that, or he just did something. I don't know. He got, he got knocked out. I don't, I, don't have, I don't remember how, but it happened. Um, and so then Punk was able to win because uh, Starks had put his feet on the ropes trying to you know cheat, and Steamboat said, nah, threw yep. his ass off the ropes. Punk gets the roll-up, and Ricky Steamboat slides into the ring to count the three. Um, after the match... Ricky Starks is pissed and he attacks Steamboat. And then we had like a, a decent amount of people uh, that like I would have like, I, so like in my head, like I, I think I had said like a few weeks ago, Charlie, that I think Ricky Starks was going down a heel route, but I don't think initially that was necessarily. You, you, you were the plan. leaning more towards the heel route. I thought maybe it was just because he's feuding with Punk, but hey, now we know. I just got that vibe. You turn heel when you beat up Ricky Steamboat with a fucking belt. There's no yeah. going back now. Yeah, he's pretty gone to the dark side now. I'm really excited for the promo that Ricky's going to cut next week because that's going to be insane. <laughs> yeah. Um, is there anything else you guys wanted to add about this segment? I I, I know I just kind of like steamrolled there for like the last I mean, the segment. real reason why the match was good. We had good old JR on commentary. JR, this is welcome yeah. back, right? It was good. Yeah, it was good. It was good to have Since him back. Since the first episode him. of Collision, he hasn't been here. So he's, his gimmick, he didn't say much. Yeah. His gimmick with Collision is he's going to call the main offense, but uh, he wasn't doing too well that first one. So he's, he's been taking a back seat and he hasn't been here. But, yeah, it was nice to see him back. Um, yeah. I wasn't on his – yeah, I mean, it was nice. Um, it, it did feel a little crowded on commentary because I think Riccoboni and um, Nigel are still trying to find that rhythm together that they have for this temporary time together before Kevin Kelly gets back. Um, but I mean, you know, it, it didn't hurt anything. I, I do like Jim Ross on commentary. He's just, he's getting a little old, you know? Um, but I, I still respect the shit out of him for, for being in the business all these years, you know, and, and still being able to do it. And I think he's too old to sit down and do all of his homework. I think he needs to just be there, be happy to be there and just live in the moment. That needs yeah. to be his do, role. Do your homework commentary. for the one match. You know, I, I can work sure. with that. Exactly. Um, I, but you know, last thing I just wanted to add with this one as well was, I mean, CM Punk on Collision, he is really, he's tuning up his game. And I thought this match really, it, it had a really good pace to it for it being 20 plus minutes as well. So really well put together and I'm excited for heel Ricky Starks. I think that's going to be a very cool venture for him. This is much different than Team Taz Ricky, right? Mm-hmm. So... Um, we'll jump into my favorite next and we're going to go back over to dynamite here. And, you know, there was a few things I I could pick from this week. I thought we had a lot of like kind of higher quality matches. Um, but the one that sticks out to me, maybe it's because it's the first time, uh, back on dynamite a little bit, but give me Aussie open taking on and defeating El Hijo del Vikingo and commander to retain the ROH tag team titles. The thing about Vikingo is every single time he's on TV, I think he's adding something new to his repertoire. It feels like, I swear, there are so many Nah, bro, gifts. he does the same three moves on the ropes. It, what do you mean? You're right, you're right. But there are so many gifts that can come out of this match alone of all this little um, back and forths with Kyle that I was just like, dude, it's I can't believe the level of talent that we have. This isn't even, this is technically the ROH tag team division, but... AW's racking up these tag teams like it's fucking Infinity Stones. And 
just having Aussie Open back, it's it's a real nice breath, a real nice nice breath of fresh air. And then, um, yeah, I just uh, I gotta say, I the crowd they cared, and I I wasn't sure how they were gonna feel because this felt this was a little squished in terms of time. They didn't have much time, and they were coming off, in my opinion, probably the best segment of the week. So I was I was really excited, and I just I thought it really delivered. So, um, Brady, any any thoughts you had on this match with uh, Aussie Open and then Vikingo Commander? I mean, this is probably your first time seeing Aussie Open, so we we praise these guys all the time. So, what you what you think of them as a tag team? Yeah, I mean, I, I like their I like their look. That, that's that's the big thing, right? Yeah. They they look like professional wrestlers, really. Um, and honestly, I think it might be the first time I've seen all four of these wrestlers. Um, and it's funny cause I've seen Vikingo like on our like wrestling game on 2k I've downloaded him cause he was always huge. Um, <clears throat> but I think, I think they did a good job with the pacing of the match. It wasn't exceptionally long, which sometimes yeah. these things can be, you know, you make title matches way longer than they really need to be. And I, like you said, I think what was hard about this was it followed up a really good segment. This was after the the Bucks, right? Yeah. Well, the end and the Nick Wayne thing. So it, it was like, oh yeah, this was right. sandwiched in right before the main event. I think they had yeah. eight minutes to work with. So and none of us, none of us picked it, but the Nick Wayne thing could have easily been someone's favorite. Absolutely segment incredible. Of the I can't week. wait the, to talk about it. Yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to talk about that, and we'll all have opinions on it, I'm sure. But yeah, I think that it was. I, I think that it was something where the violence of the Nick Wayne, I think a lot of people were just kind of glued to Twitter to talk about that segment and how different and kind of terrifying that felt at the end, especially with oh, that. Yeah. And so they, they got stuck in a tough spot, but made the most out of it. And I think that you didn't have to be a major ring of honor fan to enjoy this match. Yeah. And that's, that's a good thing because uh, Ring of Honor was featured a lot on AEW towards the end of 2022, and they've started to move away from that. But I think that they know what they have with Aussie Open. So, and it's like it's featuring them with your tag titles. Maybe it'll bring more eyes over to that Thursday product, even if it's just ten people are like, you know what, I want to try watch ROH this week. Maybe they did it for them, right? So. Duke, what, any any thoughts on seeing uh, your your boys here, Aussie Open, back to form on TV? Oh, and you then, know, I, this is like uh, I wish we'd gotten this match on Ring of Honor. Why'd they give this to the AEW? <laughs> Ring of Honor would have been like twenty minutes, dude. They would have let yeah, him go. No, like this would have been like a match of the year contender if this was on Ring of Honor television because they had no choice but to give it time. This would have opened the show on Ring of Honor. You know what I mean? Like, um, but I mean, no, I mean this is still a fun match either way. Like you said, like it was crunched for time, but I, you know, uh, hey, hold on. I got, can I mute here? Not Sorry, allowed. I need to clear my fucking throat there. I fucking my voice turned into a fucking mouse there, but, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no fucking. What was I saying? Oh yeah, but Aussie Open have been stuck in spots like that before because if you remember, they had this like, struggle when they were champions as in in I, uh, IWGB champions because they would get like eight minute matches on fucking pay per view sometimes. You'd be like, what the what why? And then you have like twenty minutes of a title match, a junior title match that just goes nowhere, you know, or like a, or no, that wasn't the one. It was Kenta versus Leo, which was just like, what? Yeah. Anyway. Um, but 
the point is, like, I did enjoy this match. And Aussie opener, obviously, one of my favorite tag teams. I do think that, like, here pretty soon, we're going to be saying that they're the third best tag team in the world behind uh, FTR and the Young Bucks. Uh, I, I love the Lucha Bros, but I think they're, I think they're already close to surpassing them. Um, and so... I these guys are going to have a long title run, I think, as uh, Ring of Honor Tag Champions. And they may even win both. They could. This is a team that I could could beat FTR and hold both sets of titles at the same time. When, honestly. when those teams I, collide again, it's going to be fucking nuts. Oh, sheesh. Yeah, so that's that's really all I have to say. I really enjoyed the match, and I really hope they start using um, Commander and Vikingo on singles again here soon because they've both been getting in, like these tag matches and trios. Give them both some shots at some stuff. Give give Vikingo a, a <laughs> TNT title shot or something. I don't know. I, give, do something. Actually, that, actually, honestly, I was against that match for a second. I was like, no, wait. Luchasaurus would deliver for Vikingo. He can make 100%. it work. Yeah, let's get Commander some dubs. So, Brady... As uh, you know, first time you know, really kind of gluing into AW in a little bit. What was uh, what was your favorite pick this week for uh, what was your favorite match? What do you got for us? We're gonna stay with Dynamite, okay? And I think it had to be the Triple Threat with Trent Beretta, John Moxley, and Penta. Um, for me, I, for whatever reason, Penta always has me glued to the TV. It doesn't matter if it's you know going back PWG days. COVID year when we ordered all the DVDs and just sat here and watched them, right? Oh, yeah. There's there's just something so polarizing about Penta to me because everything is so polished. I don't – you don't really see him majorly botch. Oh, there goes the cat food. Uh, so uh, you don't really see – it's me singing the uh, whatever, whatever the hell song from SpongeBob. Um, but for me, I think – also, where it is in the spot, because this was right after the uh, RVD debut, which he was my favorite wrestler when I was a kid, which is fun. But so I was already kind of jazzed up and I was excited because I saw Penta and I saw Trent and then Moxley came out last. And I was like, Jesus, Moxley is in this, too. And it was an anything goes match. I just I think that Penta's character. They need to go away from the the cool baby face. I really see Penta as a like a a badass dark dark heel. I think that if he were to transition in this really dark character, if he had if his mouthpiece was someone more along the lines, I'm I'm thinking Paul Ellering NXT when they remember when they brought oh, yeah. him in, yep. and it was just the intimidating gravelly voice. I, I think that you could you could change his mask colors around a lot and just ha- darken everything and, you know, maybe switch up the, the pace a little bit of his matches to me a little more uh, ruthless all the time as he got a chance to be in this match. He could be that character that just terrifies children. I mean, yeah, with his nomenclature already of like uh Miedo, zero fear, make him someone exactly. that people fear. Switch that around to someone you you fucking you're frightened of this guy. Make you know it could work. It Lucha Underground. I think they did a little bit of it when he there's a match with him and uh, Kyrie and Io Shirai, which uh, <laughs> awesome match by the way, where he just fucking goes ballistic on him. And and, it's like <laughs> you can get glimpses of it. And and I I put on here I'll add for the the notes I had I said Penta's been one of my favorites for a while. He has the total package, looks, moves. He he's I, he might be the best. He might be the best at selling it in. He's one of them in AEW. It, it, he's very underrated with his sells. Yes. Plus his chops are just so good. 
right? Yep. Everything he does is balls to the wall. That's why it works so well with people like Moxley and Breda. And the one thing that I said near the end of the match, I, I said badass match, and Shivani fucking ruins it with a line, oh, he whacked him in the noggin. <laughs> I said, you have... I said, you ha- when you're when you're a commentator, you have to match the brutality of the match with the with your tone of voice. You you have to understand that you are the primary storyteller, other than what's in the ring. And if you are not matching the tone of the match with the tone of your voice, you're doing the audience a disservice. That's one of those moments where you let Taz truly proclaim the brutality of the situation, not have Shivani exactly. make a quick witted joke. I I you know what? Well put. I actually agree with that. That that's a good note there, um, and I mean, and and then I put I I didn't really care much um, for the post match stuff with Claudio and Wheeler Yuta and all, all that kind of stuff. Orange Cassidy, I I haven't been too invested in that storyline, but I know that it's a big deal. I I just love the match for the match itself. Um, I think I haven't seen much Trent Beretta, but other than you know PWG stuff. But he's gotten really polished. Yeah, he definitely felt like a tier above Jobber five years ago when I was watching him, and now it's like, damn, he's really holding his own. I didn't feel like Beretta and Penta took a backseat to Moxley like a lot of people thought that they that they would. If you just saw these three names, oh, absolutely, and you were more of a casual fan, you would think, oh, Moxley's going to win this, and the other two are just there for fun. But that's not how the match was at all. Nope. And Trent Beretta gets the win. And without a shadow of a doubt, the biggest singles win in his career. Like. Really? Has to be. I mean, he's pinned the former three-time world champion, John Moxley. And Penta, who is, I mean, he's won fucking, what, three titles in the past year? And in a tag team, feels like. So, yeah. Um, Yeah, well put. Well put. I like that a lot. Have they had Penta just uh turn on uh what's his face his tag partner phoenix they they have not like run phoenix. that in aw yet nope so mm. i i mean i'm more than down with if it. they just have they split a single have any brothers split up in aw i don't think so no because I mean, the man, uh the if, young bucks thing happened on bte during the pandemic so that, yeah that was, that was an AW i mean if they did a big time turn and penta just left him in a bloody pulp as like a shock and awe factor maybe on a on a pay-per-view Maybe you give Phoenix like a a title shot, you know, Jeff Hardy esque with the when he was doing the whole Undertaker stuff back in the day. If you gave Phoenix that that shot and then Penta ended up screwing him out of a title and just absolutely destroyed him and you had Phoenix off TV for a month. I'm in. Let the let I, the brothers I think go that's at the it. way to go. They because they've wrestled yeah. each other an ungodly amount of times in Mexico, so they can make it work. Um but yeah, I, I really like this myself. So, um, dude, do you have any, any thoughts on this one in the Anything Goes match? It's set up a match. Yeah, so I, I was, <laughs> yeah. So I, um, <clears throat> excuse me. I, I thought that, I, I mean, I wasn't expecting this to be like a straight up like street fight like it was. I was expecting just more like, oh, they're just putting that stipulation on so like that Moxley can like pull out a fork or something, you know, which did happen. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, other than that, but no, it was actually there. They used like tacks. They used like, you know, tables. They used barbed wire, two by fours. It got kind of nutty, you know? Um, and I do like the way that Trent won too. He didn't like hit like the DDT, like the tornado DDT. He Moxley hit a death rider, I think into the tax, I want to say, or something like that. 
And then uh, he just threw Moxley out or something like that. He, he got Moxley, he beat Moxley down mm-hmm. in a way that he took over and then he got the pin. I, I like that for a way to tre- for Trent to win. He doesn't need to get the non-victory, if you want to call it that, like the not super clean win. But also like... He picked at, up the scraps and, and took yeah. what was given to him. Like yes. that, that makes him smart. It doesn't make yes. him weak. Exactly. That's what I was about to say. Because like he's not at that level yet where you would expect him to just hit a move and be like, oh, I win. You know, like he, he could in the right match, in the right situation. But in this kind of situation, it just makes sense. Like, I would, yeah. Um, Mox then murdered Trent. He did it. Um, like you said, we had Cassidy and Chucky T making the save. And we had the parking lot brawl announced after, um, which I I did see. It's funny, Charlie, because so this, this podcast has almost been the retelling of the history of how when I first started watching AEW. Do you remember that that was one of the episodes you got me to watch back in early AEW was the one where they had the parking lot brawl with Santana and Ortiz? And- I think so, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I watched that episode. Was the Mimosa Mayhem match on that card as well or something? I know it might it have wasn't. been the pay per view was... following that or right before it. it. It's something. I don't know. I was somehow into that because you got me to watch for a little bit. Cause I, but I just was never really that into AEW at the time. But uh, yeah, I did, I did enjoy well, the segment. Very that quickly, sh- shout out to Moxley in this match. I forgot about you, if you're Penta, you got to have a lot of trust for Moxley to actually do the uh, pile driver onto the tax and not actually drop your head onto some tax. Yeah. It's one thing to take the tax on the back or the legs or arms, but you don't want the top of your skull going into No, tax. no, a, no. A, a pile driver is bad enough. So talking about having trust in uh, your fellow matchmate. And then honestly, just kind of, you know, we're, we'll be talking a little bit of all in throughout the entire show because kind of the, theme of today is there's all ins finally starting to get loaded up right we're finally starting to build it out we're not waiting till the last week we're doing it the month of you know we're we're kicking in full swing here but one of the latest rumors that came from uh melter here which i guess we'll just kick off the news with this um the blackpool combat club on all in potentially being against orange cassidy eddie kingston and then someone to be determined so maybe a trent maybe a chuck you know and when I read that, at first I was like, are we really going to have this show and not do Orange Cassidy's title on the line? I I was a little shocked by that. The international title in Wembley Stadium feels like it should happen. Which is by far the best title run going in AEW right now. And it's, I mean, he's the true definition of a workhorse champion. And we're not going to put his title on the line in fucking Wembley? I hope that this is just a rumor and we just run Moxley and Orange Cassidy. Because, I mean, look, I understand you might need the teams, but uh, this is your fucking, this is your your golden goose Let me hit you with an idea here. here. Let me hit you with an idea here. What if the reason why he's not going to do anything on that show is because after this match, Zack Sabre Jr. is going to rush the ring and they're going to set up a match for All Out? You could. I mean, it's the same week, right? So, yeah, I don't know. But, um... I think Eddie being back makes a lot of sense. And yeah, so let's get going to this news here. We've got a couple things that we're going to talk about. Jesus, dude. Uh, hold on. This isn't news, but Sean Ross Sapp tweeted out, my uncle and aunt were attacked in a home invasion and my uncle was hospitalized. Dude Jesus. was breaking in and attacking people with a hammer. What, what the, the hell? <laughs> I just, yeah, I guess they're fine, but yeah, Jesus, dude. Thoughts out to his family. I mean, Jesus. Yeah, we, yeah, we get Jesus. news from Sean Ross Sapp here on the show. So that's what I'm Holy saying. Hell. I just a little, just a little yeah, you know, um, shout out to Sean. 
I hope that's all good. Um, so AW's adding some shows. We're we're keeping uh, we're keeping touch on the Collision show. See how it lines up with college football, right? That's that's a big question here, Brady. You know, running a Saturday night show is fine and all right now. It's going to get fucking demolished by college football, right? So and and I even mentioned it was ballsy putting a Saturday night show up against the Jake Paul fight and yeah uh, and SummerSlam, it was a big night for right? fake fighting. He had all three of them. And then Tim Anderson and Rosie Ramirez. And Tim Anderson. <laughs> Hold on. Jake Paul was a fake fight? Uh, hey, hey, hey. Not me, not me, not me. <laughs> no, but uh, so they're going to be going to Seattle, Washington, September 30th. And I'm guessing, as, as you guys know here, Seattle is a fucking, it's a gold mine for AEW. They're going to be going back there two, three times a year. So this, this just makes a lot of sense. It'll be the first collision date there. And as far as I, I did a little research here, doesn't look like we got any college football to worry about in the area. But um, just for an example, Brady, one of the Penn State games, uh, AW's running that night of a day Penn State game at the Penn State basketball arena. So we're curious hmm. if there's going to be people that go to both. Like, uh, you know, the school will sometimes like promote shit like that, right? So yeah. I'm curious if they're going to be like, hey, do this two for one, you know? Um, that'll be fun. And they'll also be going to Stockton, California for collision. So we're going to be running collisions in California and CM Punk is going to get booed out of the fucking building in Cali, but that's okay. Just like the fuck the young bucks chant will rain in uh, Chicago. Um, speaking of the young bucks and the elite, they have now confirmed to sign new multi-year contracts with AEW. As they announced yeah, on the show. The first of uh, many, many contracts that we're going to start being seen because if you signed in 2019 and you signed the five-year deal, it's up at the end of this year. So a lot of those big first, you know, marquee signees, if you will, are now at a point where they're going to start being brought back. And them, Hangman, and Kenny all negotiated as a team from what I heard. Yes. and Which is kind of unprecedented. Kind of in their interview with Sports Illustrated, they went on about that. And it sounds like, you know, you, you, everyone was wondering, is Kenny going to do the run in WWE? He still might, right? He still might. He but could. as yeah. far as we know now, AEW still getting the groundwork done, right? I mean, this is their first year going outside of the fucking country. That's not just Canada. So it's a big thing. They're really getting the ball rolling in certain things. And um, it sounds like they got Kenny back. And I mean, as we've talked about before. The elite, the young bucks, they are the E and AEW. I mean, you name it. <laughs> They're the EVPs. Yeah, it's just one of those things, though. I mean, so, I mean, Kenny Omega is 38 years old. Yeah. Right? He can so, do his WWE run at like 43. We've seen it before. That's my Yeah, opinion. I mean. If he wants he to wrestle could. still. I just wonder. I mean, I'm looking at the – I just happen to have ages pulled up of the roster. I mean, the, the guys over 40 that are still, you know, crushing it in AEW, Brian Danielson – I mean, Blade, Sean Spears, CM Punk is 43. Then we're really getting up there. You're getting Butcher, Bobby Fish, Matt Hardy, Christian Cage, Paul White, Chavo, Chris Jericho. I mean, all those guys, clearly, there's not enough time for anyone over 40 to go if they wanted to, you know, cash in, so to speak. I don't think there's enough time for them to want to go back. So I think after you turn 40, it just makes it way way more difficult you look at someone yeah. like jake hager if he wanted to go back and do a little run he's 39 years old do we really think he's got to go after this he's got to be getting talked to now 
before this next right. contract. Right. you look at you look at you know Matt Jackson's thirty six, he could have time. You you look at even like the Brian Cages of the world, my favorite wrestler. Uh, <laughs> no, no, God. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um. So it's gonna be. Are you telling me you're not a fan of the Brolic Buddies? It's gonna be. I mean, and Hangman. Oh, you mean you mean uh, Chris Benoit if he was a balloon animal? <laughs> oh shit! No! Oh god! No, we'll talk about it later. I'll save it. I'll save it. I'll save my spiel. All right. So, and we're having some of our talent pitch for All In, which this this makes sense here. We have uh, Andrade Alidolo wants to face Malachi Black at AEW All In. Malachi being booked on the show, I mean, that seems like a no-brainer, right? And, I mean, that That's seems... what Penta needs to do. He needs to be with Malachi Black. Team, put him in the House of Black, man. I'm in. Um, but it sounds like uh, in, in Andrade's pitch to it, he said Mexico versus the Netherlands. So I was like, all right, let's go, dude. I'm fucking in. Uh, count me in. Um, so we uh, Pac is currently out of action with an injury. I feel like you can't just catch a fucking break. Um, as far we don't know the severity of it just yet, but we're losing a lot of the British. This is brutal for the British talent to get hurt this month before All In. So hopefully, Vaxed. he can make it work, and we don't have to fucking <laughs> we don't have to worry about too much with him. Um, and then, guys, we got some. I mean, there's some Wardlow news in here. And Wardlow, you know, he's he's been a hit and run lately, right? So we just don't know what's going on. But he he cut an interview here with uh, it, it was at a panel, Terrificon. So we, he's still doing he's still doing the yard work, if you will. And he says, "I don't know when I'll be back. Hopefully soon. I've been off TV for almost a couple of months, and I've been very depressed. Wrestling is my everything that makes me happy. So today, I feel like me again for the first time in months." I just want to say thank you guys for coming out because you guys really flip a switch in my mind, my heart that I needed. So thank you. Um, how long till he signs his WWE contract? <laughs> Hopefully soon. Because I don't know. I mean, I think at this point, you know, Wardlow. Wardlow has been the definition of he's had some pretty rough booking. And he hasn't oh – God, the matches haven't made up for it, right? I, I mean – Wardlow is is the name that I always hear people toss out when we're talking AEW of like who's the future, who's going to be the guy, who's who's grabbing the brass ring – brass ring, not rink – who's grabbing the brass ring and, and just running with it. Wardlow is always one of those names that I hear and yet – it feels like every time people start talking about him, there's just nothing after that. He was like, the there's de- no follow-up. He was so, it, on such a high that going into that first TNT title run, and they just the, – the TNT title booking has been just awful. It's been kind of our I – mean, Duke, that's fair to say, right? We that The TNT title just has not been booked well and – Wardlow, unfortunately, just got fucking crushed by it. And you could feel it when he came back, Brady. He won this title for the third time, and no one gave a fuck almost a year later. 
And then they just they pretty much just toss the title off him on the the first episode of Collision just because they're like, eh, whatever, we don't need it anymore. And he's been gone since. And I just uh, the the ongoing joke here is that you know he's picture perfect for WWE, so it makes sense if he goes that route. I mean, this, he is fucking huge. It, it all goes back to the MJF overshadowing his his winning of that title. Yeah, um, which at the end of the day, kind of just killed the guy's career. Yeah, I mean, that that's hard when other people are. You can't have everyone be everyone's favorite, right? Yeah, and when MJF is getting so over, oh yeah, it just it it, it got really ugly between those two, and it just it feels like, and I hate that it feels like this. It feels like the only way this kind of thing situates itself out is if someone ends up leaving. You know, I don't know if one being on collision, one being on dynamites, it changes it. It just it's one of those things where it's like fuck. But um, so so maybe for the last the, time, the classic, yeah. Wardlow leaves, goes to AEW and gets severely mistreated and never gets a shot, and then he comes back to AEW a champion three years yeah, later. Could be, could be the case. He's fucking an OG, the hometown hero. But um, so yeah. so maybe for the last time for a little bit, huh? Wardlow, we'll see you soon, buddy. What a great like album, Wardlow. <laughs> right. uh, this feels uh. Almost like we we planted this news here today. Ian Riccoboni has been elected to a local school board. Um, Shout out school boards. So uh, he is now a member of his local school board. He took to Twitter Monday to announce that to everyone for Pennsylvania's Salisbury Township School District. Good stakes. And uh, it sounds like, you know, it's just he's helping out. His, he, he cares about his community is, is what I get from, from Riccoboni's own here. And um, – He's he's filling a vacancy, so it's uh he's only through December, but you know just it's I, I guess does this hurt? Is there a chance that this hurts him in in Ring of Honor? Is he, is he going to be unavailable on some Saturdays here, or is, is he fine? He's chilling. Do you have any insight into that at all? If you had a shot in the dark here, for just what what being on the school board entails. Yeah, I mean generally I'll, every every place you know does it a little differently. I know that where I work. The school board does virtual meetings sometimes if they want to or, or need to. The school board, for the most part, all they do is they they help facilitate the – parents can go to the school board with, with issues. The school board makes decisions financially as far as where you want to be buying money for books or which different classes you want to – you want to end up offering, you know, so keeping music education for me has been a big thing with the school board. So anytime I'm voting on school board members, I don't teach in the same district as where I live. So I can't even have a say for our, the school board where I teach in. Yeah. I mean, I just happen to look for the Salisbury Township School District. They only have, they've got one high school, one middle school and one elementary school. So I don't think he's going to exactly be overworked yeah it was one of those um, things where you can just kind of step in you know yeah he he might have to attend a meeting once a month usually they'll do it on like a friday night or something i'm sure that they can work around his schedule but i know that our school board is i think seven people are elected to the school board okay. and they all kind of oversee different um different things he basically just has to be a voting member and a 
and a voice, but I'm sure that he could virtually do different things. He'll have to answer emails, but I'm sure there's a lot of stuff he can do on the side. And in fact, most school board positions that I know of are not paid anyway. They're volunteer work. So it's possible that maybe he has a kid in the system and and wants to, like, I don't know if he has children or not, but maybe he has a kid in the system and wants to just be more involved. And so he just volunteered to do it. He obviously makes enough money to where he just, doesn't have yeah, to accept just a sign new position. contract too. So he's chilling. Oh yeah. yeah. You can definitely do it on the side. A lot of people are, are actually, you know, maybe they're teachers in one district and then they're on the school board in another. Cause it, it gives a firsthand um, point of view. So we got some more of our OGs signing uh three-year contracts here. Kip Sabian, Evil Uno, John Silver, Alex Reynolds all sign new AEW deals. I think keeping the Dark Order makes a lot of sense. They're always going to be Kip Sabian to Dark Order confirmed. I, I'm cool with it though. I mean, Sabian needs needs something new. I mean, he was just kind of in there again on Rampage this week. You know, he's one of our guys, but man, I, I am glad they they inked him down though. You know, I I think he's he's an immense talent, and you know, sometimes you need guys to work your your mid card to your undercard. And Kip, you know, he's got a great look. He's a good wrestler. And the whole gimmick's kind of there, too. So, um, Tony Khan, one of the leading quotes this week that we got out of him is something that I think a lot of people are running with. And that's his dream is for the AEW library to be available on Max. Uh, and he, we've talked about this before, getting on Max is, would be, it has to be one of the main goals for AEW. And putting a show on Wembley Stadium can only help that goal because as soon as you Use that advertisement of that crowd that you're going to have. You know, you're going to get a one fucking picture of this crowd going nuts. It doesn't matter. And that is your advertisement tool going forward, right? So, theoretically, you can project stuff here and there. He talked about how All Access was on Max and how it did well. And hopefully that was the first step into this new direction. So, yes, uh, hopefully that happens. We got a little injury roundup here. Um, so kind of just some updates on some of our main stars here. Danielson got surgery for his broken arm on July 3rd. And at the time was told three months before he could return. Although it's possible he could beat that by a week or two. So that seems to rule out all in. Which which sucks for fucking Danielson. Jamie Hayter. It's, it's looking bad. It feels bad. Things aren't going well. She isn't expected back until February. Fucking yikes. The highest point of her career, the top fucking star in the women's division, gone just like this. And now it's going to be potentially almost a, what, a 10-month injury? Nine-month injury? I mean, that that to me sounds like, I mean, it can't be fucking good. So that sucks. Um, Yeah, that sucks. But you know who worries me more, honestly, Charlie, is like Dante Martin who we have not heard anything not about a single besides update. It. And it makes me wonder if he's just done. And his was you know? a very, like, very in-the-eye injury, if you will. Like, it was everywhere. It, that clip went viral of his injury. So, and then Thunder Rosa, she's been training for her in-ring return. Uh, she hasn't wrestled in over a year at this point due to her lower back injuries. And we need her. Hopefully she gets back soon. I mean, she's gone on to do Spanish commentary in the meantime, so she's clearly got that itch, but... It sounds like she's not expected back. Before. La meta, meta. Sounds like she's not expected back before Wembley. So that sucks for Thunder Rosa. And then last little bit of news here. We'll run through some uh, some of the SummerSlam stuff here that we got. So 
we SummerSlam opened up. We had Logan Paul defeat Ricochet, and you know they had their classic. Uh, there was a GIF of the match that was just incredible. You kind of figured with these two, they'd invent something, and they went out there and did it. I saw this quote that said Logan Paul is a twenty. Logan Paul has a 2014 PWG wrestler stuck inside of him. And I was like, God, that's just why he gets certain things, you know. <laughs> So it's just, yeah. it's really cool to see. And do you not see a little bit of Adam Cole in him? Oh, you can see it. He's got that innovation in him too. So they they went out there. They did the. I f- hope he just leans in, dude, and he just says, "Fuck everything else. I want to be a pro wrestler. I, this wasn't my thing, but now I've got the bug." And I because he's talking. I about honestly think he has. I, if he hasn't, he's going to now. Like he has to, right? He got a SummerSlam spot on a year where I think well, someone was seven. Matches. Someone was just asking, well, and someone asked Jake Paul about Logan. In an interview the other day, like before his fight, and he was like, "When do you think Logan's going to be back in?" and and Jake responded with, "You know, I think he's a, I think he's a hell of a pro wrestler, and that's where his heart is right now." And so, oh, WWE struck gold yeah. with him. They they have fucking struck gold. Um, the American roller coaster Cody Rhodes and Brock Lesnar SummerSlam match. Cody Rhodes defeats you say the American roller coaster. That's that's yeah. the <laughs> Cody Rhodes defeats Brock Lesnar. This was a fucking. This was just a grueling. You know, he, Brock's beating the crap out of a match. He's doing fucking suplexes that you've only seen in all Japan. And because there, there's no way a human should be throwing people like this, and yet Brock's doing it. We got a good Brock Lesnar match, and I think when you put him out there with someone like Cody Rhodes. And we've talked about this, you know, Brock Lesnar, secret all Japan, Mark question mark. I I believe it. This is the same guy that went to new Japan. I mean, you know, he knows and just he, when he's out there with certain people and we, and he knows how great Cody is. And I think he wanted to do that for Cody. And even after the match, Brock kind of turned babyface, and, and it sounds like from what I got from it, triple H was almost like, yeah, I didn't see that coming. That, he wasn't told I mean, to do you, that. You don't have to upsell Duke on Bork Laser. Yeah. That's his guy. Bork The Bork attack. Um, uh, listen, I, I I went on for hours about how I feel about You know what's funny? I've come around him, Brock. He, he, I, you know, my biggest problem, and you guys will know this, is this is going to sound like the biggest repeat of all time, because i said this probably 10,000 times. I like Brock, and I like Randy Orton. I don't like them in 90% of their matches because they don't always show up because I just don't care, you know? like. And Lesnar yeah. cared here. And Cody cared. And, you know, it's Cody Rhodes is going to win the Royal Rumble and he's going to face Roman Reigns again. And it's, it's going to be one of those things where, where I, I, I hope people still embrace Cody as much as they would have four months ago. When stuff like this happens, I have a feeling they will. He is truly, truly an unbelievable babyface. And I'm just – I'm glad Cody Rhodes got this win because I know this mattered for him. So the- – <laughs> right, How far into the plan of Cody finally winning the title are we? According to Paul Heyman, we're in the bottom of the third. So just – just we don't even want to know. Um, there was a Slim Jim Battle Royal. I uh, I asked our friend Dart what they're fighting for, and he, he didn't have an answer. That, that act- Slim Jim. Clearly. That actually popped me. I was like, what the hell are all these people doing here? Austin Theory's in this match. Because I, I didn't really see too much of the build-up to the Slim Jim Battle Royal. I'm like, so what are they fighting for? And then we were coming up with kayfabe reasons why. Found out instantly after the match, LA Knight wins this. 
And the reason why he won it is because he was in a Slim Jim commercial right after. So, <laughs> ah, uh, but, beautiful. but um, LA Knight gets a big win here off Sheamus. I mean, the crowd went fucking nuts. Um, you know, I I thought maybe it was for uh, Austin Theory's title at first. So I kind of geeked out a little bit at first. And I was like, oh, wait, never mind. My bad. Um, but yeah, LA Knight, he's, uh, he's, he's taking this wrestling world by storm too right now. So good for him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, MMA rules. Shayna Baszler defeats Ronda Rousey. Skip it. Go continue. This is rough. And then the anomaly continues. Gunther, Drew McIntyre, intercontinental championship match. Two meaty men slapping meat. I still can't believe they're letting Gunther wrestle the way they do. And it, it truly, it's an anomaly because this is the, we used to cover these guys and they would only let them do this shit in NXT. Regardless. Would you say it was an Austrian anomaly? It was an Austrian anomaly. But because when they get to the main roster, you know, they would, they'd always tune everyone down. It was everyone they'd do it to. Gunther? He's turned his game up. This, he's fucking more vicious than he was in PWG. This guy's yeah. a fucking animal. He's he I, at one point I thought he was legit shooting on Drew McIntyre, and Drew McIntyre looked incredible. God, the Intercontinental Title and the International Championships are so they're in such good hands right now. They're the true workhorse champions, and I just I um uh, important note here he's thirty two thirty two days away from breaking the record, so he's not losing anytime soon. Honky Tonk Man's the worst. The worst, like, <laughs> historic champ they've got. <laughs> they gotta, so it's time for him to go. They got to end that one. And and Gun- I think Gunther and McIntyre, both, they're two two of those guys where they're so important to the show, especially, like, having a, a nice match right in the middle of a show, that maybe they're told backstage, hey, man, you know, don't, don't be going two balls to the wall. And I think that they say, all right, sure. And then they go out and they do whatever they want anyway. And what are they supposed to say? Keep them off the show? Hell no. They're no. too damn entertaining. There's a reason that out of all the singles titles, well, I guess there's two, they picked him, right? So his title was the one yep. defended. Well, the other guy lost in a battle royal for a fucking Slim Jim. So, hey. My question is this. Did LA Knight actually slap into a Slim Jim? No, but he he was – He got a commercial. That's what the, that's what yeah. the battle royale was for. They filmed the commercial – in 30 seconds before the break <laughs> happened. You know what? This match didn't have enough slap nut in it. Zero out of ten. Not enough slap nut. Agreed. Uh, Seth Rollins defeated Finn Balor to retain the World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, just an abomination of crap going into this match. Yeah. Uh, Finn Balor is... Finn, it might be Jover for Finn, and it, it pains me because I love the guy. Um, triple threat match. Oh, did they waste Finn's last years of his career, bro? Did they... It's I, I Finn, blame Finn. Finn just wrestles differently since yeah. since the injury, man. It's been like that. It's been slowly. He's been so protective of himself, and that's fine. I mean, you can't fault the guy, but I think that he had such a devastating injury, and it all. Uh, he's doing his best, but his his. I mean, job he had one of the clearly, most titanic rises, just organic. Oh, and now he's just going with the flow. History. And and every time he's in a big situation, mm-hmm. the match is fucking. It's it's mid. And you know what? I'll say yeah. this: they had their false finishes. And while I personally, I wasn't too into it, I was, I was, cause you know, they're doing the whole thing with the judgment day and there's all these shenanigans and you're just like, you know, what the fuck's Damian Priest doing there? And, and you know, him and Damian Priest are having these convos and I'm like, dude, what is going on? And I just, you know, it's, it's a Finn match in 2023 and it's, it's a, it pains me to say that cause of how much I love the guy, but yeah, I mean, Rollins 
he looks like a world champion. He did his thing. He's too good. A triple threat match. Bianca Belair, new champ, defeated Asuka and Charlotte Flair to win the WWE Women's Championship. And that lasted all of 15 seconds as EO Sky. Music hit. She cashed in. EO Sky, the first ever World of Stardom champion to become a WWE Women's Champion. Uh, Rossi, the stardom owner, was celebrating on Twitter. I've seen nothing but people just over the moon about EO winning the big gold in uh, WWE. So really good for her. She is absolutely incredible. And really big week for Joshi women in uh, in America, right? I mean, Hikaru Shida and EO. We'll, we'll get into Hikaru Shida in a minute here, but that's fucking, that's really cool. So, and then the trial combat, Roman Reigns defeated Jey Uso to retain the uh, WWE Universal Championship. I mean, wait, 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 wait. They called this match a trial of combat, a uh, tribal combat, which oh, were the tribal combat. The rules. Oh, the so ru- it was like a Mortal Kombat game. Yes. Uh, the rules were no one's supposed to interfere. Tribal combat. And I got to tell you, <laughs> they didn't follow those rules. Unfortunately, if we, if we were covering SummerSlam like we used to, maybe we could be picky about that. But yeah, who really cares? Um, uh, they, They're continuing the story going Jimmy versus Jay. And that's how the show ends. And um, yeah, we got it. A, was a good little swerve. The the Usos, you know, they're they're now going to feud with each other. So, you know, we'll have to see where that goes. Again, I think you know, every, people are always wondering what's next for Roman. I think it's still just waiting till Cody un, until I'm proven wrong. Yeah, it could it could be LA Knight, right? Is there any way that we just see a? I know we're not going to go super into it. That we see a, a Roman Seth and Cody triple threat at Mania. You could. Uh, I mean, where's, who's Priest going to cash in on, right? So he might he might take Seth's belt here soon, and then, you know, Seth's kind of doing his own thing. I mean, Roman, Seth, and Cody, yeah, there's no way that match would be fucking bad. So um, yeah. that would be awesome. And then, um, but yeah, so that was our main event of SummerSlam. I know some people are really, like, passionate one way or the other about that, you know, about uh, Jay and Jimmy turning on each other. But, you know, if you guys are really interested in that, uh, let, let, let's take kayfabe out of it, guys. Jimmy and Jay aren't getting any younger, and if they want to have an awesome feud between e- each other, if they oh, yeah. like, think think about you know we were just talking about Penta and Phoenix, right? Yep. They've gotten to wrestle each other a bunch of times. Jimmy and Jay came into the WWE pretty green. Yeah, in like what twenty twelve. They, they've learned so. Yeah, they've learned so much. God, over the they past were so they were so years. different then. Yeah, like. Now is their opportunity to go out there, even if they're just opening shows. You know, it it's a storyline that means something, and so uh, let them wrestle each other. Man. Let them cook. So yeah, it now it's time where we'll start getting into some of uh, the results of the other shows. We'll fly through these for you guys. You know how it is. We step we stop on some stuff. You know, you know how it goes. But um, Duke, you're t- you're kicking us off here. You got Ring of Honor on Honor Club episode. Ring of God. Ring of Khan episode 23. Um, yeah. So we opened up the show with a little nice rundown of the card from uh, Rick Boney as we entered the Rick Bone Zone. Um, opening up the show with a match that like five years ago would have been awesome, uh, but, you know, was not five years ago. So we, Shane Taylor taking on Christopher Daniels, <laughs> Fallen Angel. Um, I'm still not like with this tournament, man. I got to be honest with you. Why are we We're running not- another one? 
What are we doing? Uh, I mean, listen, Stokely called, I think, me directly out on this episode of Ring of Honor, so we'll get to that. But, you know, um, but either way, we're in the post paper book cool down, so I guess we got to do something, you know? Um, oh, man, I was really brutal in these notes. I said Taylor beat up the old man. Brutal. But it was true. Christopher Daniels um, is looking rough these days, Brady, if you yeah. haven't seen him in a while. It is very I, unfortunate. I loved him in Impact. I was I was big into the Styles Joe, you know, that that bit of impact. So maybe I'll just I'll just leave. Reminisce on him from then. Yes, it's not worth it now. He had a bad match with Samoa Joe in 2023. Like bad match. So yeah, Um, Shane Taylor had a crossbody and a pile driver uh, type move to pick up the win. Um, Just good stuff. Um, Backstage, Iron Savages called out Aussie Open. so that happened, and we got the match right after. Um, so Aussie Open, Aussie, 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 oi, 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 um, uh, left the titles in the back for this one. So I don't know if that's going to be their gimmick with this. I think they had the titles with them for the match on Dynamite, so I guess not. But I don't know. Maybe yeah. I just weren't sure yet. Um, it looks not like a super spectacular match or anything, but there wasn't anything wrong with this match. I'm just still not like – I don't care about the Iron Savages fucking goddamn uh, buried country still to me, um, you know. Uh, Jack Jameson is the best part of this trio, and it's just the truth. You know, it really is. He, you know, so a good manager um, can flip opinions on a team, though, as we've seen it before. It could happen. Um, I just wasn't excited by this. Um, and then uh, the the, the uh, what's his name? Uh, Boulder is that the big one's name? Yeah. Um, he took the uh, Coriolis um, to the dome, uh, and that's how they won the match. Like he literally landed on his fucking head. It was brutal. They can hit that uh, Coriolis on anyone. It's incredible. They could probably hit it on Satnam Singh. Actually, maybe not him. <laughs> um, Stokely was backstage and was interrupted by Dalton Castle. Uh, and he was like, why am I not in this tournament? Because he was like going on about this tournament and how, like, how it was such a great success. And how, like, This is where I, was, where I felt like personally called out by Stokely because I called. I kind of shit on this segment like where he made the thing a couple weeks ago, which is like, listen. I'm not saying it's a bad idea, but we just had like a four match tournament to determine a cha- challenger for Joe at the fucking pay per view, and now we're doing this again. It just doesn't make sense. So, but to set up a match, uh, you know, because then Samoa Joe comes in and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll give you the match that you want." So it'll be me and Stokely Hathaway versus the boys, and it's like, what? What? I just have happened? to actually see that though. <laughs> that's. I mean, it'll be interesting. It's gonna be sure. very interesting. Speaking of interesting, the next match on the card we had was a Ring of Honor Pure Championship match between Katsuyora Shibata, the champion. A what? A Pure Championship match? Yes. uh, Taking on Josh Woods uh, for the Pure Championship. Um, which and so the pure championship i mean i can't even explain it in a short time but it's basically like the pure wrestling championship they just do it's got a special set of rules they only have three rope breaks once your rope breaks are expended you can be submitted inside the ropes um they're not allowed to use closed fists a single closed fist is a warning if you do it again after that the disqualification disqualification the title will change hands um so the champion's advantage is basically null in a pure title match um and uh, there's a few other things besides that but um they're for the most part, it's just like a really, really broken down to like the pure bits of wrestling. At the end of the day, it's really confusing for a lot of people. But I mean, it's, it can be really exciting when it's done right. Um, and I think this was an example of when it is because we started out with 60 seconds of just pure chain wrestling here. That was just beautiful because Josh Woods, uh, for people that don't know, was, I believe, an amateur wrestler. Right, Charlie? Yes. Um, and, and he's really talented. A lot of the basic wrestling stuff just because of that. Traded back and forth on some arm bars. It's kind of like an MMA match here, Charlie. Or MMA match, or MMA fight here. It's kind of the vibe that they went with here. 
and they had like this lockup on the outside of the ring when they went to the outside because everybody uses the 20 count and they were just locking up like doing like a uh, like a you know like the the first lockup that you do at the beginning of a match they were just pride there's pride they were just two bulls going at each other you know what i mean like yeah, the, awesome. the exact one for josh woods is he was a wrestler at ucf and in 2011 he won the ncwa national championship so he was well, he go. was the top guy yeah Top guys out anyway. Um, but yeah, no, UCF. uh, yep, absolutely. Uh, we had a whipper Billy Watson represent. Do what I said, go Knights. That's where I oh, graduated absolutely. from. When I started on, hell yeah. Uh, we had a whipper Billy Watson represent. Whipper, whip, we had a whipper Billy Watson reference here. I could not fucking get that out. Jesus, <laughs> fucking intended. Shibata rolls through on the PK, uh, which I thought was cool because that was an attempt. So last week in the match, if you didn't catch it last week, uh, Josh Woods won with a sleeper and a PK, or maybe it was two weeks ago, whenever they set up this match. Um, and Shibata rolled through it. They hit a stalling, they hit a stalling drop kick and some face washes in the corner. Um, I don't think that the timing was perfect on this match, but um, that might have been intentional. They may have intentionally made everything not look perfect because so wrestlers will do that sometimes to make it look like more like a fight, you know. Um, Either way, Shibata was able to retain the title off of, uh, I believe, a PK. Um, so it might have been off a sleeper, though. Either way, the point is Shibata fucking retains here, which he's not losing that title for a while. They're going to need somebody really, really huge. It might be Brian Danielson that I have to take it off him. I have no idea because I don't know. I don't see Charlie. I don't see anybody beating Shibata for this anytime soon. Yeah. Um, if it's not Daniel Garcia, yeah, I, I don't know who the hell could. It, it could be Daniel Garcia. That, that could happen. Um, the reality, Zach Clayton, Charlie. All right. Uh, took on Dalton Castle. <laughs> Every time it gets me. Dalton Castle, who referred to himself as a power peacock pumping peacock power. Okay. And uh, that was yes. what he said. I always try to pay attention to what he's saying in those opening segments because I'm always so mesmerized by them when he's spinning that camera around. And as soon as he was, you know, getting, you know, his, his clothes removed uh, by the boys, which I'm just going to leave that as it is, uh, we had mm-hmm. uh, Rick Abani with, look at the package. Um <laughs> Of course, you know, um, the presentation package, obviously. Um, the boys got a chant, Charlie, on a Ring of Honor show. Shout out to the boys. Um, another Zach was fine here, and he got bang rang pretty quickly. Uh, Zach Clayton's still trying to find what he's doing at Ring of Honor. Uh, Josh Woods then cut a promo backstage and is saying he's needing a change. Charlie, have we seen a little bit of babyface Josh Woods here? Is it possible? I, yeah, it's time for him to move away, I think, from the varsity athletes. It's just not working. Right, so True. I don't know. Josh Woods can be very yeah. likable. He can be. Uh, the infantry took on George Joel and Nick Camarado, which is a weird tag team. And I believe George Joel was teamed up with um, oh god, who was it? It was somebody else who we thought also liked that was just not getting the shine they deserved. Um, can't think of who was it, it Invictus was. Invictus Cash. Anyway, no, well, he was for a while. No, it was um, shit. The guy that was like uh. His gimmick was like, I, yeah, it sounds like they uh, mother it. called me son or something like that. That some shit like that. It Hakeem was really Zane. confusing gimmick. Yeah. Anyway, the point is, yeah, he was. The, the, I guess obviously that's. The, I guess the fact that I don't remember the guy at all tells me why they put him with Nick Camarado here. Um, <laughs> but goddamn, 
who the fuck did the infantry piss off, Charlie? They hit their finish in this match and they missed it with the cameras again. Who did they? Who did they? Whose bag did they steal in the back by accident when they were trying to leave the arena too fast that they pissed off because they had their family photos in there or something? Like, what's going on I, here? Like, I don't know. Um, they they got to figure that out, man. You cannot fuck up people's finishers, and the fact that it's happened with the infantry twice. Like, I, I hope. I hope Tony is keeping as much of an eye on the show as he seems to be like tell us he is because that shit can't happen. That this really is how you can. get talent. This over. wouldn't happen if Vince Gilligan was in charge. You're not That's all I'm saying. I mean, dude, this is true. Think about it. I mean, even Brady, right? If, if, if you have a talent that you're building up and you fucking, your camera fucks up on their finisher, not once, but now twice, like, dude, you got to get the talent over. Like, no, man. See, this is all part of the plan. Oh, They're going to intentionally keep missing it, right? Which is going to make the Twitter – sorry, the ex-Nazis – come after oh, no. them because then all of a sudden they're going to say the man is trying to hold them down and it's actually going to create like a grassroots surge of support. Maybe this is the intention the entire surge? time. <laughs> the Seattle surge. Not a Vancouver surge. Shout out Miami heretics. Oh. Shout outs to my Targaryens. The good stuff. All right. Legit Layla Hirsch took on Miranda Vionette. Um... I'm not sure uh, who this girl is, but I looked at her Twitter, uh, and she's followed by Diana Perrazzo and Willa Nightingale, so she might be somebody who we should keep an eye on. Um, well, she definitely is somebody, yes. Correct. Um, uh, we was a really quick match, cross line breaker for the win. Uh, Maria Canellis was watching in this match, so I guess Layla Hirsch might be teaming up with her again. It's possible the kingdom is expanding here. We've been getting a lot of segments like that this week, so that makes sense. Tony D's took on Gravity. So again, another another AEW wrestler that is taking uh, instead of fighting, you know, actual people, they're taking on forces of nature now. Um, <laughs> gotta elevate yourself somehow, I guess. Um, anyway, um, and uh, yeah, so more group training and fucking Charlie. Why is the group training getting fucking over? Ring of Honor fans, can you not be so smooth, Brain? Let this fucking die. God nah, damn it! This is the way. Ah, fucking Christ. Sent Mark Sterling was uh, making distractions and shit. Gravity did some really cool stuff here. He was flippy, and he's a strength. He's kind of like the same archetype as Bandito, but he does a little bit more flippy stuff, you know? Um, if there's archetypes in wrestling, you know what I mean? He's kind of the same kind of like type of wrestler, I guess we'll call it. Um, uh, this is probably going to be the best match in this tournament, uh, probably, I'm guessing. Um, but whatever the fuck that means. Like, yeah. Gravity versus Taylor for the title shot. I, I assume they're going to give that to Gravity because... You know, I don't think they're going to go heel versus heel. But, I mean, Shane Taylor versus Samoa Joe will be fucking bonkers. So, I guess they can go that way, too. Um, yeah. Uh, speaking of bonkers, we had Diamante taking on Athena for the Ring of Honor Women's World Championship. Good week for Diamante. Um, again, their match started with some really good chain wrestling, which ended in a really smooth cartwheel out by uh, by, uh, by Athena, where they, Diamante had a hair come around, and she said, whoop, and she did a little flip. Got some hard clubbing forearms to the back. Uh, by Athena. They went some really decent back and forth after this as well. Uh, this might be the best match that I've seen from Diamante, honestly. Athena is just elevating everybody she gets in the ring with. It's incredible. Like We she's say that a lot, a lot of people, but she's actually doing a fantastic job of putting other people over in their matches when she's going to be the winner. So, um, But yeah, this match ended in a very clean bridge on the roll-up, and um, Diamante was the first person to be spared by Athena. Athena showing a little bit of potential turn here Charlie and w- w- there's a segment later on I'm just gonna go to it now I'm not gonna wait till because there's like one match in between it but it's not like 
and it's not worth like you know going over eh, actually i'll just do it in the order that it was but she spared her here which is a little bit of character development for athena so that's really fascinating the boys took on gates of agony um and uh as they were coming out to the ring khan was yelling at the camera y'all want to see some dead bodies <laughs> um so that was that um the boys just have a unique energy and the crowd loves them so they're, they're also pretty good selling and the Con gates were open to on them stay off tv Ooh, do Bishop what con tony uh, uh, i thought you were talking tony con. Uh, no like, hold on <laughs> okay <laughs> you ready for that <laughs> ready, yeah tony con con like, yeah con uh, there's a tag team called Gates of Agony uh, and Khan and Toleona. They're two two wrestlers. They can stay. Yes. <laughs> Hello, what have we here? Yes. Athena then was backstage and she was explaining her actions. Well, actually, it was Diamante backstage and she was like, "Yeah, I don't know what just happened." And then Athena was like, "Yeah, no, I, I, I kind of respect you. You know, you got to figure out what's going on. You're like this legit wrestler, but you haven't figured it out, so you should do that. But stay away from my title, <laughs> basically." Yeah. Um, and she's like, I guess I got to figure it out. Stay tuned. We She did eventually figure it out. Um, spoilers. Um, LSG took on Cole, Cole Carter, Charlie. Who the f- Where the fuck has Cole Carter been? I don't know, but... He's been sleeping with the fishes. That's the real answer. He has been sleeping All with right. the fishes, but dude, every time he comes back, I swear to God, he looks even better. This, this kid's chiseled. Cole Carter's fucking chiseled. God damn it. Yep. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Maria Canella scouted this match as well. He finished a finished match with an anti-air knee that looked fucking great. I still like Cole Carter. Um, he just needs to figure something out, like Diamante. Um, so we cut to a really, really quick segment backstage where you had Evil Uno and the rest of the Dark Order post the match. Um, and they saved this. And I'm glad that they saved this and didn't just throw this in right away. Because the Dark Order all beaten and bloodied from the matches that they've had with him now shook the hands of Stu Grayson. Charlie, are the dark order joining the righteous? This is truly, if they do, this could elevate both groups fucking a lot. Like you're talking, you could then feud them with house of black, right? You pick any three, right? They, this, this is, fucking huge for both groups i think if they merge them and god I, I, there's so much charisma here i mean we've talked about how great the righteous have been you know they were supposed to be the uh the wyatt six right the new the new wyatt squad what's it called wyatt family and it just fell through but you know they came back to roh and my god they've been the best fucking story in roh so it's like now you want to combine them and make this group even bigger? This could be what Dark Order needs to get back to that ascension that they had. Right? So, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, 100%. Yeah, so, I'm really interested to see what they go that. To me, that's the most interesting story besides the Athena stuff going on on Ring of Honor right now. Um, so, people that are – if you need a reason to turn into Ring of Honor, this is honestly over the last like five, six, seven weeks, however long the story has been going on. It might even be longer than that. If you need a reason to tune into a Ring of Honor, this is the story that I think is the the thing that would be the most interesting for you to watch. Um, anyway, so yeah, Robin Renegade took on Christina Marie, who, if you did not know from last week, I believe was an opponent opponent of Athena, who took her on and took took her took all right that fought her in a fucking proving rule match, proving ground rule match. I can't speak English today, apparently. <laughs> um, 
So, so Rick and Monty threw out a little idea here that he's thrown out before, but I love that they keep going back to this idea that because of the dark side of Athena, that everyone has been slowly turning to the dark side and Ring of Honor because they got to try and match her, Ooh. which might explain a little bit why she might be turning away from that because maybe she realizes this herself and she, they got to turn Ring of Honor back into an honorable place because they've, they've been dragging it through the she's mud. become so powerful she's champion. plagued the whole division. Literally, yeah. So maybe maybe that's what she's starting to realize. She's gone too far, you know? Um, I don't know if that's what they're going with here, but it was cool. Uh, I also still like Robin Renegade as well as Charlotte Renegade. I think they're both cool. Um, and uh, they picked up the win off a lean back on the abdominal stretch, which just looked deadly. Um, just deadly. Um, yeah, she killed it. Um, that's okay, though. Uh, she'll be all right. It's a wrestling. It's a wrestling. Uh, speaking of wrestling, we had Commander and El Hijo del Vikingo taking on the workhorseman, Anthony Green. Anthony Green, Jesus Christ, I wish it was Anthony Green. Anthony Henry and fucking, <laughs> and fucking J.D. Drake, uh, which is obviously one of my favorite, you know, just work, work, workhorse tag teams. Honestly, that's a great way that they, they have the perfect name. Um, they paced it out nicely. It was a 630 flying head scissor from a Vikingo who was an absolute fucking animal. I, I, unbelievable, you know. Um, and uh, he, you know what I've decided, Charlie? This is what I wrote in my notes. Vikingo is wrestling on another plane of reality. We can't even comprehend <laughs> what he's doing because it's he's doing it in a different dimension. Yes. Like, um, yeah, even on control, though, I love this about the workhorsemen. In their control segment, they were still sell, they were still getting sold for. But they were also they were just hitting crazy moves while on the control segment. A lot of heels will just be like, eh, "I'm just gonna do headlock. I'm just gonna do a body slam," and that stuff works. But they're just like, "Ah, oh, no, I'm gonna do a Michinoku driver. I'm gonna do a moonsault. I'm gonna do a goddamn whatever. I'm gonna do a pile driver. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they did some FTR shit. You know? Um, yeah, it's just great stuff here. And uh, they did a double rope walk moonsault and a double 450 for the win. So this is just incredible finishing stuff here from Vikingo and Commander, who just continue to innovate lucha and wrestling in general and just managed to make Ring of Honor really special by being on there. So I really actually, you know, I think this was a step up from the Ring of Honor episode from last week, but not much. And I still just don't give a shit about this tournament. So was there anything you wanted to add about Ring of Honor this week, Charlie? It's, I didn't really it's stop unfortunate. Yeah, anything, the tournament is, is doing what it's doing, but... You know, if we're featuring more high caliber talent and then uh you know, it'll it'll only end up helping the product, right? So let's hope uh going forward. I mean they they're fucking crushing it in the women's division. So they've already got that going. So yeah, uh, uh agreed with you. Step up from last week. So let's jump into uh AW Dynamite 200 where we actually had a pretty good week here too as well. Hello there. We opened up the show with Chris Jericho and Kenosuke Takeshita, kind of our new Don Callis family, if you will, defeating Sammy Guevara and Daniel Garcia. So the Jericho Appreciation Society feuding with Chris Jericho is kind of a wild, wild trip here. Um, but, you know, I got to tell you, uh, I thought everyone involved looked really good. My God, Takeshita and Daniel Garcia. I mean, we've kind of pointed this out before. This this is the face of PWG right here. I mean, these are your top two stars. These guys kind of, in a way, run that independent scene, right? So take the talent from a few years ago and look where they're at now. And now you got these guys over there running it. And they're just so, so fucking good together. Um, I think Jericho, Jericho redeemed himself a little bit here. This, this was not his Keith Lee match, right? So I think... Uh, I think Jericho looked... Bro, how much potential does three-fourths of this match have? It's incredible. Oh, it's, it's, it's almost the future of wrestling. 
to catch the Guevara yeah, and Garcia. This match, it really impressed me, honestly. I mean, we all know Chris Jericho is the most adaptive, adaptive wrestler in history, yeah. probably. Um, but I, I put in here, I was not familiar with Takeshita at all. Or, yeah, is it? Takeshita. Yeah. Yep, Takeshita. And, uh, mm-hmm. that's what I thought. Um, he just really presents himself well as, as far as just, he always, he always looks big as far as he always presents himself as that larger than life person. Like he physically isn't crazy intimidating, but the way that he presents himself is really nice. And I think Jericho in his older age, I love the fact of he can work a little slower and work with the smaller guys and be more of that ring technician type. I thought he worked really well uh, in opposition to Guevara and and Garcia. I will say I'm not the biggest fan of Sammy Guevara's look. I, 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 I wrote in here, Sammy Guevara's build makes him look like a jobber, which makes for an uphill battle for him. He's really flashy and entertaining, but it's just hard to see him as ever being a, traditional main eventer maybe present him a little bit differently right what's crazy is he was just in the main event of like a right review yeah but that's that's what i'm saying is like in order to get that long run if you were to have someone tur- tune in for the first time does he look believable as a champion like, look I, feel at like- I mean it's your first time ever seeing him as well so it's like right god Takeshita Takeshita's fucking special he really is yeah I'm someone that doesn't watch all the time. And Takeshita, out of the four people in the ring, he looked the most like a larger-than-life character. And that's me. got Chris Jericho in there. So that yep. that's actually really awesome to hear. Um, and, I, again, I, I just an enjoyable opener, man. Like, Dynamite's back to this kind of – they're just throwing everyone out there. Just everyone's putting on good work matches. Um Duke, do you have anything to add from this? I mean, we got a couple of our our, our go to guys here, you know. So, Dan- Daniel Garcia is he becoming the pro wrestler finally, and not no longer a sports entertainer? I genuinely, <laughs> I'm going to piss a lot of people off when I say this. I don't think Daniel Garcia is ever going to be the wrestler again. I think he's permanently a sports entertainer now. I don't think that the Miz he can't lean back into it when he's wrestling guys like Daniel or when he's wrestling himself, when he's wrestling guys like Brian Danielson, when he's wrestling, if he's wrestling potentially Zack Sabre Jr. Or, um, I don't know, take your pick of your favorite wrestlers from around the world. Shibata, right. If you wrestle Shibata again, he can pull it out in those moments and he has, and he will continue to do that because that's a, his bread and butter. That's what he built his brand on. But I think he is going to have that dance or something like that dance in his career for the rest of his career. You know, the caps that he would wear and stuff like that, stuff like that. He's going to do that stuff. He's going to wear the leather pants. He's going to do things that are going to make you because he's trying to do that because he knows it upsets people. People realize, I think people maybe realize this or maybe they don't, but by, by leaning into the, you're a wrestler thing, you're just, you're giving him what he wants as a heel. He's, that's exactly what he's trying to get is you to want him to do that. And to just say, no, it's just, so either Daniel Garcia will lean back into it eventually, or he just never has to do anything again. Cause he's got the perfect gimmick for a heel for the rest of his career. You know, like, oh yeah. I mean, I, I, I he's the best a, wrestler in the world one day because he will be because eventually Brent Danielson and others will retire and he will be the best wrestler in the world probably be one day. And then it'll be like he'll be the best wrestler in the world, but he'll be like, no, but I'm not a wrestler. And then it'll be the greatest heel gimmick of all time because of that. Because everyone will be like, no, you are the best. It'll, it'll, like, no, actually, I don't care though. Yeah. Um, yeah, really fun stuff there. So we we jumped into Renee's trying to get a word with Jericho backstage and Daddy Magic 
fucking Menard is just pissed, dude. He's like, next week, mandatory meeting. Mandatory. I mean, he's, he's bro. When did Daddy Magic get enough stock in the JAS to be able to make call meetings? The hell is this? Hey, man, I don't know. We have a Jack Perry and Jerry Lynn face to face. My guess last week was maybe he presents um, an ROH guy. I should have thought about it. Jack Perry's feuding with ECW. So we hear the uh, Pantera's walk. It hits. Rob Van Dam makes his way out. You got people in the crowd fucking actually going nuts. At AW music budget has to be in the millions at this point, right? <laughs> there's a, there's so much licensed music on AW. It's actually fucking ridiculous. Um, but no, I, people in the crowd were legit marking out, dude. Like they were losing their minds. You fucking mark. And and Brady, you know, you were kind of saying earlier, Rob Van Dam. So it, he was one of your favorites as a kid. So I mean, just seeing him again. It, honestly with this being a surprise it's almost like we picked it for you but i i didn't realize no i i really didn't realize that it was his debut yep i i just assumed that he had he had he was coming out i was like oh cool rvd i didn't expect to see him there and pantera's walk was fantastic way better than that bullshit beethoven listen i love me some beethoven's fifth <laughs> but not for an entrance bro that's I, I don't know if that's gonna get over i i'm hesitant on it i I don't see I what don't they're like going it, for. Save, save it for Judge Judy. She's got like the she's got like the remix version of that song. It just was so. But when Jack Perry is using the Judge Judy theme song to come out, he needs to change it. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right, anyway, but uh, seeing RVD was cool. Um, I mean, it it felt a little thrown together. It felt like they wanted to bring RVD in for a match and didn't know how to do it. Yeah, so we're just gonna have a beat. We're gonna have but, some beef with ECW. Fuck yeah, it. exactly. So, um, Duke, you know, RVD, is is this going to be – are they going to prolong this to all in, you think? Or are we just running with it? I think it's possible Jack's going to cheat and he's going to win and he's going to want to rematch, you know? Okay. Because RVD is the kind of character that if you do that to him, he's going to beat the shit out of you. He's not going to actually, like, ask for a rematch. He's just going to beat you up until you – And I have no doubt that RVD can't go. Oh, yeah. Still. Yeah, the – Oh, that, that's why he did that little kick, I think, to show everybody. No, nah, I still I still got every bit that I had when I last wrestled, 100%. You know, I think that's why he did that. Oh, yeah. He'll definitely get a little fucking uh, stony before that match. You know what's happening. But, um, yeah, Jack Perry was hiding like a kid, you know. So, uh, Jack Perry is a, uh, uh, what's the term here, chicken shit heel. So, we'll see how, we'll see how it plays out. Uh, we already talked about the Anything Goes match. And then we talked about the post-match already. So, Renee was at backstage with Rob Van Dam. He said he's in AEW because he heard Jack Perry run his mouth. Next week, he challenges Perry for the FTW title. When he wins the title, he'll retire the title as he doesn't see it getting bigger than with Rob Van Dam. I mean, I'm fine with that, right? Um, Which is interesting because people do complain. Uh, I alluded to it earlier. People do complain that AEW has too many titles. So, the fact that RVD has a history of winning and then retiring titles is kind of a fun little It game. works for me. All right, I so I know what I want to happen next. Uh, we need to not have just one or two matches with this guy in AEW. He needs to beat Luchasaurus <laughs> and retire the TNT Championship. He's yes. Like, RVD just just starts retiring titles. Oh, I think of the TNT title makes me sad. Just He goes after the TBS Championship. <laughs> we just, they need to give the Miz a call. No, have him resurrect the title. No. Um, MGF and Adam Cole. So uh, they make their way out to the ring together. MGF is cutting this emotional babyface promo. 
I still can't tell half the time if he's just talking out of his ass or if he's being genuine. You never know. You go back to his CM Punk feud when he was being genuine, but then, you know, ended up being, as he calls himself, the devil. But he's going on about his uh, ADD and his, you know, rejections that he's faced in life. He's cutting a real babyface promo. And he said, you know, I'm your scumbag, essentially, right? He wants, he, he's still a scumbag, you know, but he wants to be, he wants to be your scumbag. He's not scared anymore because of the fans who showed him they care about Max and had sympathy for the devil. And, um, yeah, he's our scumbag chance, ran from the crowd. Um, there's one person that taught him trust and to be vulnerable and deserves a friend. And he introduced Adam Cole, his best friend. Adam Cole walks out. It's all lovey, lovey, you know, gushy, gushy. Still waiting on the turn, but they announced that they are going to have the match at All In. It's going to be MJF Adam Cole for the World Championship still. And Cole signed the contract. Man. Which he didn't read. He didn't read. Man. We get the big graphic. Roderick Strong's losing his fucking mind backstage. The kingdom. Uh, there's so much happening. AW, the, that complaint of there's too many stories. There's so much fucking happening right here. The kingdom walk up. And it's, if you don't realize the backstory of the kingdom, it's like, oh my God, this is happening too. And Roger Song is losing his fucking mind. That was my biggest note here. And then, yeah, so we got the match. Our first all-in match is announced. I mean, Duke, you kind of had it. I was getting a vibe. So, MGF, Adam Cole, you, how are you feeling about the best friends being the match? <sighs> so, I mean, I'm fine with it. I'd much rather MGF be facing somebody else, uh, not because I don't like Adam Cole or anything like that, uh, but because like I just I don't know I babyface versus babyface feuds or heel versus heel feuds for me are always inherently like a, just like are, are we sure about this you know like um, the other thing that I'm really worried about Charlie is that there's part of me that's like this segment really fucking resonated with me on like a level. Um, and I'm sure it did with some kids even watching probably at home if there were kids watching this, you know, like, because I feel like there's everybody has gone through points in their life. And there's probably some kids with anxiety out there that have struggled to make friends and maybe come off and not as evil as MJF, but maybe not as positively as they would have. And yeah, a little they abrasive. found a friend, you know, like, yeah, I've certainly been like that at points in my life. I'm sure you guys could attest to that, you know, but like the thing is, though, like part of me still thinks they're going to have MJF where Adam Cole turn on the other one. And I just don't know if that sends the right message. And I'm really worried about that now because of how they ended up going with this story because how brilliant MJF is. I think the way to do the story, if they want to keep it authentic and have MJF actually be a face is to have Adam Cole almost get jealous of the fact that it's MJF getting the cheers from people. Cause you know, that's not how this storyline was supposed to go. Adam Cole was supposed to be the good one. MJF was supposed to be the asshole, self-centered one. And he hasn't ch- and in Adam Cole's brain, you know, MJF hasn't changed at all and yet now he's getting cheered because he was open and just said that he was you know, said all of a sudden he said that he was a bad guy and so people cheer it. Like no, he's still a scumbag. Why are you cheering the scumbag? So it could just kind of be one of those where Adam Cole is a heel. Being like, no, you should be rooting for me. Yeah. And by telling the audience, you should be rooting for me, they're going to be booing you. Yeah. Honestly, I really like that. That would be an excellent way to go with it. I'd be fine with that. So, I mean, yeah, it's going to be – 
I'm glad we got the match, right? Because uh, we know this was going to be the match anyway. Because yeah, right? MJF's so. going to defend the belt the week after at All Out against CM Punk. So they needed to put the title on I th- the line. I think the way Charlie convinced me over this stuff, though, and it's something you said last week. I think it was Charlie, maybe the week before, that they could have just done this where it was the match, like you just said, Brady, and they did a feud and they just fought each other for four weeks or whatever, and it was fine. Instead, we got like eight weeks of them being this incredible tag team and this story that we would have never thought we were going to get and MJF being a babyface temporarily again, like we get once a year. And now we get that. And it probably, I mean, as far as everyone's been saying, they've been popping the demo is big. This has been a massive success for AEW. Oh, it's, it's, it's huge. Hey, you got to ride with it. Yeah. So got, I guess it's just the old wait and see, right? So um, Excalibur also announced that all in will be on traditional pay-per-view. And it sounds like there's no bundles. So if you're uh, all in and all out, it sounds like it's going to be a hundred bucks, hundred buckaroonies back to back weekends. So hundred buckaroonies. Oh, it's going to be like that John Cena entrance at WrestleMania. <laughs> Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks defeated Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal, Saddam Singh. Just this was match was just stuffed to the gills, right? And no, no, that team's called the Slapnut Express, and I will Slap hear nothing Express. else. Stuffed to the gills. They did their fucking, you know, they did the. Uh, the classic Young Bucks and Kenny Omega thing where they went out there, they put on a show with literally anyone in like four – within four minutes, the crowd went from like, eh, to holy shit. And it's just little things J- that they Jay do. Jay Lethal's looking rough. Jay Lethal, you know, him and Nick, I feel like I was okay with their little stuff together. But, yeah, it's, you know, I think this was just here for them to announce the contracts, right? Yeah. Just get him on the. Sh- you guys think Jay Lethal hit that wall and he's just not able to do it anymore on like a singles level, like and so Agreed. he just does this. Probably it could be. Yeah, I mean, I I can't tell you the last time I've craved him out as a singles. I mean, his stuff with Darby with uh, Orange was fine, but none of it was like his feud with Ric Flair was cool. Yeah, none of it was through the moon though. You know, none of his stuff with uh with Orange was through the moon. So, um, in my opinion, one of our best like. I guess vignettes backstage segments that we've had fucking nearly ever. This is the definition of putting over a new team. The Mogul Embassy. They're backstage. They are Fox. Instead of Darby Allen, he was so close. Why didn't Allen get him into AW in the first place? Didn't even talk to him for five years. Swerve Strickland told the cameras, "Hey, cut to the movie I just made." He hasn't said that since he went full fucking Joker on Billy Gunn. So immediately I'm like, "Oh no, what did he do?" Uh, we see Strickland and Fox. They show up at the Buddy Wayne Training Academy. Nick Wayne's in there training with a bunch of his buddies. And um, Swerve asks, what does the Fox say? <laughs> and then he goes like, cuckoo. And fucking AR Fox chucks a skateboard at someone. Swerve kicks the living fuck out of one of those guys. That, dude, he must have told him, like, yo, I'm getting on AEW. Bro, you can fucking lay into me. <laughs> he smashes Nick Wayne with, like, uh, a a picture of his father, and A.R. Fox is just beat. That sentence is so metal in and of itself. Yeah, A.R. Fox is just fucking laying waste to him. Yeah, rest in peace, Nick. Yeah, bro. Uh, Nick Wayne may have actually died. Um, they're trying to get him to use his uh, facial recognition that's not working on his phone because he's so bloody. <laughs> he is just – they call Darby Allen. And Darby Allen, you can tell it. You can feel it. He's like kind of freaking out like, stay away from Nick. What are you, what are you doing over there? There is a closing shot of this, of Nick Wayne laying in a pool of his blood. And going back to the body cam footage, it feels like you just saw something you're not supposed to see. (laughs) 
It's like you just saw a fucking corpse of an 18 year old dude just dead. They literally killed him. And if you, this is your first time ever seeing the Mogul Embassy and the new group of AR Foxes Swerve. And it's kind of funny because we have someone here who, this is the first time seeing them two together. Yep. It's like, this has, in my opinion, this has to lay the table for what, like, the potential of this group can be. And just so, so Brady, I got to jump to you. Just, what the fuck? I mean, seriously, this was insane. It was a little racist. Oh my, no, no, no. <laughs> uh, um, no, I mean, it, it was good. I, I liked it. I like that uh, they clearly get to have their own creative spin. I mean, when I'm watching it, I, we haven't really talked about like how – because all of us watch things di- differently, yeah. right? When we watch TV shows, movies, live – you know, you, you watch everything a little differently. And for me, I I like to think of all wrestling just as a TV show, you know? And the matches themselves, you know, the, the promos and videos like this, they're like TV shows. And the matches themselves are like a very athletic dance. You know, I I teach choreography to my kids, and I I think of I think of it like that. It's basically improv, highly athletic and dangerous dancing, is what I think of of wrestling shows as. And so, anytime you have something like this where it's meant to be realistic, all right. Well, if this were to really happen, and they really attack this dude, yeah. then He's gonna end up in a in a pool of his own blood. That's what's gonna actually. <laughs> the past happen. couple of weeks, like we've been, right? he just debuted. Like he just graduated high school. He's finally able to debut since he's eighteen. And they've been talking about you know how Darby Allen took him in after the passing of his father, and that's how what made him want to become a wrestler. The second generation, and I've been talking about how great these video packages have been. And now you add Swerve to the mix, and there's a really cool thing here because Swerve and Nick Wayne. Swerve's first match back post-WWE, it was against Nick Wayne in Defy Wrestling. Like, that huh. Seattle wrestling scene, they really care. And it's a very passionate, the, the Northwest wrestling scene, if you will. It's a very passionate wrestling scene. And you add guys like Darby Allen, Danielson, Nick Wayne, and Swerve, and you just, you mix them all together. It's like, they're destined, I, I've said this before with Darby Allen and Swerve, they're destined to dance forever. And... Now you're adding Nick Wayne to this mix. And I just – I think it's setting well, and, the standard. And Nick Wayne, Nick Wayne being so new too, right? Like there's no there, – there's no way that someone's going to watch it, watch that segment and be like, okay, this group that just came in and attacked this guy brutally. There's no way that we're going to root for them. There's no yep. weird gray nah, area. Nah, nothing wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's – it's yeah, yeah. Defenders. You, you watch – it, 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 you watch a, a TV show like uh, – I was talking to a friend. She was just watching Breaking Bad for the first time, right? When I'm watching Breaking Bad, the people who I end up feeling bad for, the people that just didn't deserve any of it, the complete bystanders that they didn't deserve any of it just because they happened to be married to someone that did a terrible thing or got killed because of something. Those are the people that I feel really bad for. Yeah. They just don't deserve it at all. Nick Wayne didn't deserve that. No. He was just there training. He's just trying to work on his craft. Right? He's There's, trying to get better. He absolutely did nothing wrong. This wasn't a pre-existing feud to him. It just, he just, wrong place, wrong time. Poor guy. And now if they want to really lean into it, they could do a whole, Nick Wayne is scared to wrestle. Oh yeah. That could be cool. Alex Pulowski, uh 
as you guys might know him from Fightful and the Sour Graphs, he had this great tweet here where he said, it was like, Mom, come, I, come pick me up from wrestling practice. Yeah. It's like, dude, oh my <laughs> God, just that image was just, it was literally legendary. So, um, yeah, uh, Duke, do you have any, any, any quick thoughts on that one before we jump into our main event here of Hikaru Shida and Tony Storm? Uh, yeah, no, I mean, this is, um, I, again, not to be that fucking asshole that every fucking time something happens on AEW claims that I was like the first person to come up with this idea because I wasn't, this was probably in the works fucking months ago. Right. But like, maybe not, but you know, like the idea was probably thrown around months ago, but I do remember saying to you when they they first brought in AR Fox and we went back and we happened to find that Lucha Underground match that was Dante Fox versus, uh, you know, um, Killshot. For those of you who don't know, that's the names that uh, AR Fox and uh, and Swerve Strickland had in, in Lucha Underground. And they just had this absolutely, like, probably the most brutal. We, we've seen some brutal death matches and some blood and guts. I don't even know if blood and guts or any of those matches. Charlie, that match was so fucking violent in Lucha Underground. It was in, Lucha Underground had well, no fucks to give when it came to safety. Yeah. yeah. Jeff um, Cobb literally, I mean, it felt like he committed manslaughter on times in that show. Yes. No, 100%. Yeah. There was, there was definitely, I mean, there was a confirmed death. I mean, not actually, but there was like, they killed a guy off on the show. Remember? Anyway. Um, but, uh, that, I mean, yeah. So this is exactly what I was thinking in my head. These guys were killers before and they need to be killers again. And so this is just, again, the AEW tag team division just gets better and better every fucking day. Somehow, Charlie, it's insane. Give me all in Swerve Strickland and Air Fox versus Darby Allen and Nick Wayne. I think that would be so yeah. big for all of their careers to get that spot on All In. We, you, as long as they give them time, yes, don't make it a throwaway. They can't. You you can't start building something up and then not give them time. Exactly. Agreed. Agreed. And I think that would be a really fantastic uh, just spot for all of them because Darby's going to get on that show one way or another, right? So it's all about who do we get Darby with? And I would love if Swerve and all these guys got the rub of that as well. Our main event. For the AEW Women's Championship, Hikaru Shida defeats Tony Storm, and you know we we felt it. I, I, I'm not even gonna say it. The Outcasts and their constant cheating, right? We've been talking for a while. It's eventually gotta just die. Like something's gotta happen because every fucking match is rinse and repeat, and it it, it gets a little annoying at times. Especially when they do the same thing with Ruby that they do for Tony. And then they do it for Ruby again next week. And you're like, all right, come the fuck on. Let's do something different. But this time, the one that started it all. Soraya picked Tony Storm over Sheeta. I mean, this was the program that literally started the outcast. And Hikaru Sheeta, she's, she's had it thrown at her. And she's embraced it of being the pandemic champion. Because she never had her title in front of a live crowd. Which is, you know, similar to Drew McIntyre in a way, right? Because we're always like, well... You know, we had two title runs, but no one fucking saw it. So it sucks. But Hikaru Shida, she's ha- been that pandemic champion. She's been working her ass off. And I think her winning this championship, A, we know that now that we know jo- uh, Jamie Hayter isn't at all in, I think their plans have changed. They're going to do something different. Maybe it's Hikaru Shida Athena. Maybe it's Hikaru Shida fucking and Mercedes Monet's here. You name it. Um, hey. Hikaru Shida versus Julia. Could be. Or Soraya, which might be most likely. Hikaru Shida and Soraya. But, um, so, it's, I think this, her winning this title is 
proof that sometimes hard work and dedication can really pay off because there's no reason to really take it off Tony Storm. She wasn't a bad champion. She wasn't like the greatest champion they've ever had. But I think this was more of a a rewarding time for Hikaru Shida. It was a special date of Dynamite 200. I think the match was actually pretty solid. I I thought the finish here was really nice because she she blinds, you know, Shida with the spray paint. She hits the Storm Zero. Shida kicks out and the crowd's going nuts. Because even I, to myself, when that happened, I I was watching Dynamite Brady. I was kind of like, ah, damn. In In my mind, I was like, that was another rinse and repeat finish, GG. Loud ovation. The fucking big pop. Storm goes for another Storm Zero. She to fucking, she hits the backdrop out. She gets the high stack for the flash pin in the title. The confetti rains down. And and now she gets to do this championship in front of all the fans. And I'm just, I'm really excited for her. And a really big week for uh, Joshi, Joshi wrestlers in America, right? So, um, Brady, as... I don't know if you've seen Hikaru Shida wrestle before, but you know, I had not seeing her now win this title and Tony Storm. I think these guys they had a really nice match together. So, what, what did you think of this and uh, our new women's champion? Yeah, so it was hard for me to grasp kind of the history of it, right? The impact of it, because for all I know, the AW women's title has just been tossed around like a sack of meat about you know the prestige of everything, but it, it seemed to be just so shocking that a lot of the live crowd kind of didn't know how to react. It was like, Whoa, that was kind of the reaction from a lot of the crowd, which, which is cool. Um, I think Soraya brings a lot to the match just in general. I feel like she just has such a good, her like aura, if you will. Yeah. Like there's just, she just makes everything seem bigger. Like having her support, is really cool. And Ruby Soho obviously does her job too, but she's just the perfect manager for this situation. I, I think just Sheeta looked yeah clean. Everything about it, it was just a really good match. Like you said, it felt like it was following the formula near the end. So I got a little checked out being like, oh, this guy Even you could see it. Like, no well, they just goes. spray paint him and pin and, him one, two, three, GG. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, is is what it is, you know. That's that whatever, cool and end it. And then when that didn't happen, it like I said, it kind of threw me off. Went, oh, oh, cool. Oh wow, she's the new champ. I, I kind of forgot it was for the title. Then I was like, oh Jesus, new champ, nice. Yeah. So, and and Duke with uh, but it, but it was cool. The the and I I knew it was a big deal once like the confetti yeah. started falling. <laughs> That's when I was like, okay, shit, this is this actually is that's massive. fair. AEW does a fantastic job of letting new people in with that because that that instantly tells you how important the last the hit it with Statlander beating Jade, which was fucking. I mean, that's the longest title reign, hopefully AEW ever has. You know, so <laughs> they they do make it feel like a big deal, and you know she she really put in the time with AEW Dark, and she never complained. She was always just doing her thing, always grinding. Right. And a lot of people, they shit on what NAW Dark. A lot of them didn't care. But Sheeta always went out there and took advantage of every opportunity. So it feels really nice to see her get rewarded here. Um, Duke, just any any thoughts on our new champ, Sheeta? And then I'll real quickly run through uh, Tony Storm's title reign. 
Hundred percent. Yeah, I'll just touch. I'll, yeah, hundred percent. I'll just touch on uh, Tony Storm really quickly. Just ridiculous the level of wrestler they have in her. Imagine being in the WWE and and on the main roster because she made the main roster for those of you that don't remember. And not knowing what the fuck to do with this girl and not knowing what music to give her or what gimmick she, to give her. Just have yeah. nothing for her. Just leaving her in the back. Pie faced her multiple times. They went out of their way to embarrass her. It's so weird. It was, I never understood yeah. that. What a, what a weird, what a weird crew they the have fed, over there at the yeah. fed. Um, uh, the two of these women, uh, I think, knew what they needed to accomplish here, and they set out to make Sheeta, I think, the new face of women's wrestling. Because I don't give a shit how big the Fed is. The women over there are not the faces of women's wrestling. AEW, you know, stardom, perhaps even some of the stuff that's going to be happening between New Japan and stardom. Like, that's going to be the top of wrestling for women in the world, and it's going to continue to be that. Uh, unless the Fed does something really crazy, like, you know, sign a bunch of these women when their contracts come up, which they could do, and that could be huge. I, Imagine I was going to say, I... I, I would agree with that. The, the depth of AEW is incredible, but when you got Bianca and Becky Lynch still there, just as far as the personalities, I don't know. Bianca is the one woman where every time she makes an appearance, I just you just know that she's and I, a yeah, and big I had more titles to her reign, like like SummerSlam. So I. I like Bianca, but I don't. I don't view her as the face of women's wrestling because I don't think that. I don't. I think that if Bianca were to go off and do the kinds of things that I've seen all these women do, and she can have the kinds of matches that they can, I don't have any doubt about that. I've seen them. Her match with Becky at like was at WrestleMania a couple of years ago is one of my favorite women's matches I think I've ever seen. But I mean, like, I've never been like as invested in a Bianca. I've never like said, oh, "I'm going to watch every Bianca match." Like, I obviously have to watch. I don't have to, but I, I end up watching every match in AEW, but I don't have to be invested in them. I can just watch them and review them. Right. Um, I invest in a lot of the women in AEW because I've never seen them, and I, they have this long history that they do acknowledge in AEW. And maybe if I knew Bianca's history as a wrestler, WWE just doesn't do that. I mean, they may start to now, but it's, for years it's been a certain formula that I just – I don't know. But – and maybe that's what it is for me is that just WWE's matches are a little too formulaic. Like we talk about that, but like it's literally the same kind of stuff every time, you know? So um, maybe that's my problem there. But I think this was step one in that process, so I don't think she's there yet. I think they're trying to get her there. And I think reclaiming the glory that she kind of didn't really ever get to fully live out during the pandemic championship. This is um, Now she can start to ascend truly into glory here, I think, at this point. Become ungovernable. So become the fish. Her second title reign. She wanted a double or nothing. This was a 66 day title reign. Uh, she notably wanted off Jamie Hayter in a very quick match on double or nothing. As we figured she was setting up the uh, all in match. That seemed concrete. It seemed like it made sense. Jamie Hayter gets hurt. And you know, the rest is fucking history. Tony storm. She defended against sky blue at uh, dynamite one ninety three. This was a pretty good match. Um, as I recall, this was kind of the beginning of Sky Blues entering a new push, and Sky Blues really taking advantage of that this summer. Bro, it was like that, and then like a week or two later, she was on Daily Live. Yeah, it was crazy. and then at Forbidden Door, Tony Storm defeats Willow Nightingale. Very good match at Battle of the Belts. Tony Storm defeats Taya Valkyrie. That match was pretty good, and then now she loses her title to Hikaru Shida. So three successful uh, defenses, excuse me, and a sixty-six day title reign. So. It wasn't like an outstanding champion, but it wasn't a bad champion either. So I really liked it. Now we'll jump into some of 
Is she the only? Is she the only two-time champion ever? I uh not with um not with uh, Hikaru Shida is now as well. So she was, but oh yes. well, of course. I was yeah, like, right, wait a minute. Right. I was <laughs> like, uh, yeah, that, yeah, that um, makes sense. So rampage, right? And I, I'm gonna I'm gonna poke in real quick. It's been about two and a half hours since we popped in the call, and I'm an old man. I got to get up at six, and it's currently ten thirty. So. I know we got two more shows to cover, but I, I got to be leaving. That's no worries. Out, so, uh, just just a couple a couple things I figured I'd, I'd poke in just opinions. Um, I I really liked the Anna J Sky Blue match. It was fast. Yeah, it was like seven minutes long. Um, and the parking lot it brawl really did. kicked ass. That was great. I'm sure you guys will talk a while about that. But they did exactly what they needed to do. Moxley always brings the passion, and uh, Chuck Taylor did a lot more than I. Thought he he's evolved since PWG for sure. Fun. Come on, that's the commentary go from PWG. Yeah. Oh, t- the big yeah. I mean, we talk yep. about best friends, right? Uh, FTR always clean. I hate Brian Cage. <laughs> There's something about him, and I, t- I told Charlie just I I made I the joke. The I was off, like, dude, I'm not I, even kidding. I no, I I literally I told Charlie I was like, you know what it is? I I think that his face he looks just like. He looks just like Chris Benoit. And then Charlie's like, well, he is the Swolverine. And I'm like, well, Chris Benoit is the Wolverine. <laughs> and then I ended up looking into it, and he wore what a lot of people thought were Chris Benoit tribute tights oh, a shit. couple months ago. He has openly he has openly said that he is a massive he was a massive Chris Benoit guy, and like he was a major uh, <clears throat> whatever inspiration to him when he was coming up through and, and then he even sounds like it yeah. on promos. So I don't know. I think, I think that's what it was. And so it's, it's tough for me to become a Brian cage guy. Good to see big bill uh, rebounding though. Cause I only knew yeah. him from WWE. So, well, NXT heydays. And then I, I Statlander and Martinez were, were fine, but Oh, and then uh Serpentico. He, he's he going to win eventually. eventually. Uh, thank you very much for, uh, for joining us, Brady. I appreciate <laughs> you, uh, Coming on here, it was fun to get your insight into, you know, kind of AEW and just add some more stuff to it. Uh, I really appreciate that, and uh, thank you. Got you. I'd love to be back on. Like I said, if I wasn't so lame on a on a Sunday hey. night, school night, as we're recording this. Oh, nope, so. you can't it's come cool. back. You're banned forever. It was a one-time oh, deal. Hey, nope. man, that oh, is. good, yes. Hey, if, if I'm not back on the show and you guys want me back on the show, one-star reviews on Spotify. <laughs> one-star, one-star, Nothing star, but fucking one star. nothing but duds. <laughs> yes, that's how we'll know. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Appreciate yeah, you, you guys. Best of luck for everyone oh, on Football shit. Manager. Yes. Ted Lasso can't get fired again. <laughs> oh, that was awesome. Um, So we jumped into Rampage here, Duke, and we open up with the Hardy Boys and Keith Lee defeating the Butcher, the Blade, and Kip Sabian. It's just I I, I kind of tuned out a little bit at times during this. I can't lie. It's just kind of your run of the mill rampage match, right? It's just kind of you know nothing. You, you, all right, do you want to you want me to get you out of this segment with a funny funny thing I wrote in my in my me. thing like I like to do sometimes? This was Yeet Lee the evening. Thank you. Um, Jeff Hardy hit the Swanton Bomb for the win on Sabian. Standard run of the mill match. Uh, we get footage from Ring of Honor explaining the history of Adam Cole in the Kingdom. Um, they used to be so close. Adam Cole went to Mike Bennett's wedding. Cole abandoned them. I really, really like that. I thought that was fucking awesome. 
backstage segment. The Young Bucks declared they'd like to have to be back in the tag team division. That's I like that we actually just get them straight up declaring that. Is that uh, the best part of that? Is that opens up Kennedy to singles. <laughs> um, the Hardy Boys stepped in. They challenge him. Pencil that in. Dynamite on Wednesday. The, I mean, we're fucking Young Bucks FTR. I just can't wait. Anna J. Sky Blue. Um, they get rolling here. I think, uh, you know, Anna J. She's this is a good match. I, I think Anna J is starting to. The, we're starting to see the turnaround of Anna J. She looked very comfortable here. Does that make sense? That was the word I wrote. I wrote comfortable. We saw the first of what I think are going to be our break-off pairings of the JS here. I think her and Daddy Magic and Angelo Parker will be a unit. I think that's good. And maybe even Sammy will be involved with that, too. Like, maybe that five will stay together. That I could see that. You know what I mean? Because I think they kind of work as a group anyway, and they don't need to be the JS. They could just be some group that are just... You know how, like, MJF at first had the firm as, like, they were just going to help them? They could all just still be friends. You know what I mean? And the three of them could roll around as a unit just because I feel like the two, the three of them in this looked good together as, like, a yeah. manager unit. And if she's out there for their tag match... Oh, and having, you know, I mean, having Matt Menard could be something there. The, uh, fucking, <laughs> the person she's wrestling is, is incredible. Um, uh, Jay locked in the Queen Slayer to get the tap out the one, two, three. Chris Statland is doing a backstage interview where she's squatting Renee on her back. She gave... Yeah, this was a little awkward, she but gave I Mercedes like the chores to do for tomorrow night. She said, "Mama is coming home." Shivani and Paul White they gave us a little update from the parking lot brawl. Pack is injured, but the Death Triangle still want to face the winners of tonight's main event on Wednesday. This was goofy with the cameras going all over the place in the yeah. parking lot. This was weird. Like I don't this. It, <laughs> someone needed to. There, someone needed to just say, "All right, just to have them do this backstage." Like, we don't need this to be in the parking Swerve lot. Swerve Strickland and AR Fox defeated Logan Cruz and Tyshawn Perez. AR Fox is wearing a fucking shirt stained with Nick Wayne's blood. Are you fucking kidding me, dude? If I couldn't be more all in on this group than I already am, that is the fucking final ticker. Like, dude, come on. That was awesome. Bro, AR Fox is embracing the metal of this, and I, I just do too. fucking love it. And there was metal on that trick because it was iron and AR Fox so. hits the 450 for the pinfall, and Swerve's just kind of like, yeah, you can handle my lightweight. Like, go ahead, bro. Do your thing. This was a perfect squash match. Picture perfect. This I really hope this is the start of our next big push for our, our first true big push for Swerve as a singles act. And maybe another maybe a tag act, we'll see. Uh QTV segment where pretty much Johnny TV just fucking slid in. It was awesome. Uh but the QTV segment itself sucked. But Johnny TV. Well, but I didn't get what I didn't get, Charlie. Who the fuck are they, they challenging? Let us know. They didn't well, let us I didn't know. get that. I have no idea. I have no idea what they're gonna do. I don't even have a fucking guess. Usually I'd be like, oh, they're doing, I don't even have a guess. Prince Nana, Big Bill, Brian Cage, cut a promo on FTR. Pretty much saying, uh, it was nice to hear, hear them all talk, though. I think they all flowed well. These guys like each other. You know, they give this is a big gassing up from Prince Nana here. And honestly, I tipped this segment. Uh, if, if this team is going to stay as a unit, this was a good way to get it started. You know, and I think they might, because as much as uh, we like the Big Bill Lee team, I think, you know, I think that's probably gone. Uh, I think this is probably going to be, I think, gone Big the way Bill will land the Mogul Embassy. I don't think the Mogul Embassy needs this many embers, members. But I mean, like, I think if they want to have him as like a side dude that just wrestles with Cage as a tag partner, that, that frees up Toa and uh, Khan to be a tag team again. 
um, which means they probably need to lose those trios titles, uh, I would think, soon. And honestly, you got you guys to win it. You got three Dalton Castle and the boys. Yeah. You know what Dark I mean? Order. Unless you want you Dalton to beat the Righteous. I'm, there's a lot of teams. Dark Order, the Righteous. Honestly, the Kingdom. The Kingdom you know, with Roderick like, Strong? You, you know. Hey, now. Yeah, dude. Yeah, Parking man. lot brawl, main event. John Moxley and Claudio Casanoli defeat Trent Brett and Chuck Taylor. There was a whole hell of a lot in this match. This was the definition of a fun match. In a way, it felt like a throwback to the pandemic scene, but it felt different. It felt nice. I think having that live crowd there like they did, it was a nice little touch with it, too. It, it, and it wasn't just wrestlers that we've known and you know shit like that. It was a nice touch. Best friends are awesome. Blackpool Combat Club is awesome. Uh, they're beating the shit out of each other with a spoiler on a car. Claudio's getting trapped under a car, wood, uh, car hood, getting his ass beat. Um, Moxley's chopping heads, you name it. Uh, there's a we get a cameo from Sue, who gets forced out of the car GTA style. Uh, we get a cameo from Wheeler Yuta, which I love considering, you know, where he came from, right? Um, you got Chuck Taylor siphoning gas. He's setting a barbed wire on fire with a two by four. I mean, you, you name it, dude. It's fucking awesome. Orange Cassidy came in, steel chain. Um, Yuta dropped Cassidy with a paradigm shift on the minivan. BCC chased Sue away. And, uh, Claudio ripped off one of the doors of the van. Um, Yuta and Moxley smashed up the windows with crowbars. Moxley curb stomped Beretta through a windshield. Claudio ca- covered Beretta for the pinfall. And just an absolute wild, batshit crazy match. And the Blackpool Combat Club are so fucking cool, man. Like, seriously. Dude, they, they have found a formula for these, like, gimmick matches that make them all fucking incredible no matter what the weird stipulation is. Like, these ma- this match worked before with the other teams, but, like, it, it could have not easily, you know what I mean? And, but this, like, I, I, I don't know what the Blackpool Combat Club are smoking, but I want some. Give me one God I damn. Want. That was the end of AW Dynamite, or AW Rampage, so that takes us into Collision, where we came live from uh, South Carolina, and uh, take the lead here, where... What we got for collision this week? A collision episode number eight. Um, we opened up with a cold open here that featured Punker Bud, uh, Ricky, and some FTR and the Mogul Embassy. You know, little action from all of them. Um, these cold opens are so, so fucking cool, man. They just they are so different. Nobody else is doing this in wrestling, and it's on the Punker Show. I'm not surprised to be seeing them do cool stuff like this. You know what I mean? And it is the Punker Show. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, Big Bill and Brian Cage jumped up against FTR here. And FTR, Charlie, it stands for fill that runtime this week. All right. Um, And uh, I think this is probably Big Bill's best match since coming to AEW. I don't think that's a stretch to say here against FTR. It's no surprise. Um, I'm not sure if I would say that about Brian Cage. Brian Cage just has some good matches. Like, we we shit on Brian Cage, but he has good matches. You know, that's why he showed up here, Um, which I think he really did. I honestly do. Um, the crowd was really into the match again as well. Like they were, uh, FTR was selling like some fishes out there, making everybody look like a fucking million bucks, you know, which is, you know, impressive because the dudes already look like a million bucks. So, um, they did the Steiner drop, which was pretty sick or like the Steinerize or whatever you want to call that. Um, that was a pretty sick little move. Uh, Brian Cage, every time he hits that goddamn flip over the top rope, I about fucking like, I, it shit is just, he should not be able to do that. That's not right. You know, that's an abomination of nature or something like that's that's got to be like breaking at least three laws of physics like we need gravity to come out here and settle this this is not gravity, gravity needs to step that's what we need next is gravity versus brian cage gravity needs to assert his dominance over this man anyway um 
uh, it's a really fun match. And FTR continue to prove that they are the best tag team in the world. I agree with Nigel McGuinness when he says that because it is true. Fuck the Bucks. No, anyway. FTB. Um, and, uh, oh, the FTB. Anyway, um, FTB versus FTR. Anyway, um, CM Punk and Ricky Starks were backstage. Or I guess it wasn't them backstage. Sorry. There was a little promo well, package they made the call the out as real well, right? world so. title match. Yeah. Um, but oh yeah, that's true. They did do that as well. You're correct. They did call them out after this match. They did a little promo segment after, and they were like, "Yeah, we want you, fucking bitches. The suck crowd a dick. We're coming for you. That, all in." I, I mean, that was that's oh, the only yeah. way you had to run that match back at all out or uh, all in. Fuck it, probably all out as well. Yes, hundred percent. Fucking run it both nights. Fuck it, fourth, make the fourth match, and then have us have a fifth match. Fuck it, send it in. Have all the matches. Best of seven series. That's what that, that's what they need to do. Best of seven. Ooh. Anyway. Um, Bullet Club Gold had a segment backstage. That's when my brain like inserted that backstage into there. And this was fucking hilarious. Fucking Juice is talking to Jay like he's the, talking to the cutout like he's actually Jay trying to get his words in the promo for Tony Schiavone. And then Jay White comes in karate chops the fucking <laughs> cutout. And Juice just looks t- devastated because his best friend has been killed. Oh, yeah. Like, no, that was... <laughs> and then... <laughs> Blade, bro, and then fucking when they do the guns up and they're all putting them all in fucking Shivani's face, bro. <laughs> that shit was hilarious, dude. I love Bullet Club Gold. Uh, anything you have to they say about this fucking hilarious segment for Bullet so Club Gold? So entertaining to me, and I think I, I think this guy's the fucking limit for them, man. I really do, and I I can't wait to see where they grow because, in my opinion, they're getting more and more over every week. They're my favorite go-to segment every week outside of Adam Cole and MJF. So I'm fucking, I'm loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Oh, Jesus. I, I muted right as I was still in the middle of a cough. GG's. All right. Um, But yeah, no. Bullet Club Gold, fucking guns up. That's all I have to say. You know what I mean? Uh, Evil Uno, probably a big fan of, of when they do that. Um, uh, You know? If you know the lore of this podcast, everyone's like, oh. anyway, um, Chris Statlander took on Mercedes Martinez in the TBS championship match. Um, Ian with a really, really, really cool reference to Oasis here uh, when he was introducing this match saying, it, will Chris Statlander find her wonder wall here? Tonight? That shit was fucking cool. I'm sorry. Even Rick Abani is not the best commentator in the world. I really like him, but he's not. But he is that he shit like that makes me think that he could be in that conversation does his homework. because he's fucking brilliant with shit like that. Man knows his shit. Mama is home here. Um, we got a women's wrestling chant. I would love to hear that. Uh, fucking Spider German of absolute death from fucking oh <laughs> Mercedes God. on on uh, Chris Statlander here. Which is selling like an absolute champion here. And uh, we got a wild angle on the bridge there. And then uh, after the match, Chris Statlander, you know, it's like, yo, what the fuck? Why are you like such an asshole during that match? You know, I tip it, though. And then she fucking attacks her from behind. And Diamante hits the ring. And you think Diamante is going to make the save. But Diamante, Charlie, she figured it out. She attacks her with her. And now I'm assuming we're getting like a little team here of Mercedes and Diamante as heels. And my God, if that wasn't the right move to go with Diamante right there. Um, and then yeah. obviously Willow then comes down and makes a save. So it looks like we're, we ended up getting confirmed later on. We are going to get a tag match between these four. So just give me your thoughts on this Diamante Mercedes Martinez confirmed fully to the dark yeah, side. Now so, Mercedes has been for a while, but now we know for sure that Diamante is turning and, we, and she's, she's figured it absolutely out. Absolutely figuring it out. And 
Now we know for a fact that uh, Diamante is going to – I think she's gonna, we're going to start seeing her book more on TV. You know, following that previous – we saw that she got re-signed a new contract. And we've been Definitely. waiting to see kind of, you know, what, what's going to happen with that. Is it just going to be our way? Are we going to see her pop up more? Dude, this is going to be back-to-back collision shows for her now because she did show up tonight. She's showing up next week. And I think Diamante's unbelievably fucking talented. I I like this being the state of the TBS division. I could buy into Statlander and Diamante all day as a fun match again. So give me that uh, ten times over. And yeah, you this. So if I know AW Charlie, what this is probably going to do, if I had to guess, unless I decide to do something different here, if I had to guess, we're all in or all out. Not sure what show. Chris Statlander is going to defend against Willow Nightingale because they're going to defeat them, and then she's going to be like, "Hey, I helped you out. I should get a title shot." Maybe, maybe. You know what my brain's going right now? Let's do a TBS fucking title ladder what? match. All oh, four of all them. Four of them? Oh, I think and you also have Kira Hogan in the mix, which well. you also have this added layer with Diamante, right? Think about it. That so would now be you got really, that really program happening, yeah. and then you could have her. Turn and then there was and, like, someone else kind of sticking their nose like in that, over yeah. here. Uh, fuck, who was it? Um, Sky Blue, maybe. Maybe Sky Blue a little bit. So maybe you could toss her in. You could have yeah, could, six of our women be. here that yeah, haven't sure. been world champions before. Honestly, on either of those shows, it doesn't even have to be on both. You could have a fucking – honestly, you could do both. But I don't know if they'll have all, everybody wrestling on both shows, especially like the women I don't think are going to get a ton of matches across both shows. They'll get some on each show, but I don't know if they'll get like – I would love to see plus, this you know I mean? uh, since Stalin um, is the workhorse women's champion. That's her That's her goal to be. Let's see her defend this title in a, a yes. ladder match. Give me, give me what I want. If sick. not, her and Will will be fucking awesome. So give me what I want. I'm cool with it. Yes. Tony Storm was backstage with Shivani, and she was pissed. Uh, talking about, like, what, what happened? Why does everyone not love me anymore? What's going on? So, again, Charlie, are we, we going to see Tony Storm turn back toward the light? I would like it, but I don't know if I want it just yet. Okay. Okay. I think they're just planting seeds for stuff down the road with all this stuff anyway. Samoa Joe, uh, absolutely a murdered Serpentico in about six seconds. Um, I set a collision record, and he cut a promo after and called out Punker Butt for a match at All In. How are you feeling about that match, Charlie? If it just feels at home, I think. Best way I could put it. Agreed. I think I think if we're not doing Punk versus Omega or, or you know, Punk versus, like, you know, them three, it's FTR versus the Young Bucks and Kenny, if we're not doing those kinds of matches because we can't, these are the biggest matches you can have, the ones we're having. So, you know. I mean, there are probably other people you could put against Punk, but, like, I'm saying, like, like would Ricky versus Punk? I mean, we've done this for long enough now. I think this match deserves to be a TV thing that resolves itself on TV. I don't know who else you would put him against. I mean, is there anybody like Zack Sabre Jr., maybe, or somebody like Will Ospreay? But, I mean, they're going to be in matches probably yeah. already. As far as I know, we're still so, thinking Ospreay I mean, and Jericho. So, yeah, there's there's options here. But I, I think it works, so it'll, it'll be a big match. And it's not like we can't have that other match on the other show. Again, we're going to have these two pay-per-views right back-to-back. It's going to be crazy. I mean, how, are, how do you think that's going to work? Do you think we're going to get the other show matches built like built up as well in this time? Because that's going to be kind of hard because it's got to be really establish close together. That you have all of All In else. first, I think. Like, we'll, we'll get the uh, MJF. Interesting. We'll get the winner of the – you know what I mean? There will be a lot of – 
The winner of this match. Okay, so a real question: CM Do you Punk. think we'll get some all-out matches the week of All In? Because that seems proven. They'll set it up That's on Collision, so and they'll say the winner right. of this match faces CM Punk at All Out. Right? They'll do shit like that, and then certain titles they'll probably do it for. So, like, we already know Luchasaurus, right? It's Luchasaurus Darby Allen at All Out. So, the because he won the Royal Rampage. And they can plan ahead, and even if a title's going to change yeah. or something like that, like say Punk gets beat by Ricky, or, or Ricky, it's not Ricky, let's say, say Punk loses his real world championship to somebody, but then they they could still have it be for that title. Like, exactly, they'll put the it, TBS you know, title like, so, on one whatever, and the you know? women's world title on another. We'll probably get the trios title on one Absolutely, and the tag yeah. title on another. You name it. So, And some mm-hmm. of them they'll run back to back. There'll be some variety. Exactly. they got some stuff to work I wouldn't with, be so, surprised you know. if they run Omega versus Takeshita and Osprey versus Jericho, and then the next week run Omega versus Osprey at All Out. Shit like that might happen. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's entirely possible, 100%. Um, Andrade El Idolo, Andrade El Idolo here. I, I, I always give people shit for not pronouncing that name correctly, and there I go. Um, and he had a promo package type of him getting his mask back. I think we're going to be leaning into a new story here. I don't think he's quite done with Malachi Black, Charlie. I don't think he is. Um, but maybe he is. I don't know. Um, they claimed sat down with Tony Schiavone and talked about not wanting it to end the way that it did with Billy Gunn, and they're going to keep bringing the hoots out to the ring in the hopes that he comes back. Charlie, what do you think they're doing? Where where is the story going? This is emotional. Um, Where's it going? I I, I think it's going to be let's get one last run together, and it's gonna and it's gonna happen. Okay, I'd be in for that. That would be. Listen, you got to have somebody to beat the mobile embassy, man. Someone's got to take those titles off them. I, I don't know what it's going to do. It it could result in a Billy Gunn, you know. They did say they wanted to give Billy Gunn one more championship. I mean, the before one, he retired. You could take it off that House of Black next week and it'd be fine, you know. So maybe that's why they're doing the House of Black F- CMFDR match. I think I think between House of Black and the Acclaimed, I love the Acclaimed, but between House of Black and the Acclaimed walking into the pay per view, maybe you do it at the pay per view. You probably want to get the Acclaimed on all in one way or another. I, oh yeah, in one way or the other. I just don't know if I want them like walking Part in as thinks, champions. I think they should win a championship on yeah, that show. And it'll be fucking huge. Have yeah, a title run. Yeah, good stuff. Very emotional. That was that yeah. was my um, main takeaway. Oh yeah. Now, maybe this is a bit of a telegraph here, but we did have the House of Blacks match right after their segment, so maybe that's a little telling because they did just recently have some stuff with them. So maybe they're not done with them yet. It could be. And we do know that it, Malachi said something. He put, he did like a, put it like a little spell on Billy that made him immediately start untying his boots. He probably just said to him, "Oh, you just lost a step." But I don't know. I'm, I'm invoking fucking voodoo yes. here because I can. Um, and uh, so yeah, uh, we had uh, House of Black take on Andretti. On Andretti, that was I'm never saying that again. Andretti, Martin, and Lee Johnson. Big shoddy Lee Johnson getting on the show, Charlie. Where did this come from? My God, I don't know, but it forever. makes me happy. 100. percent We like this guy, Big Shotty. Getting the getting the getting the nod. Um, I wonder if he maybe just resigned a contract or something, and that's why they gave him a match here. Who knows? Um, either way, uh, even if he didn't, I hope he does because he's pretty good. Uh, all three of these men. Um, uh, we're sent on all expenses paid trips to the Shadow Realm by the House of Black. And they, right after this match, confirmed that we're going to be getting next week, I believe, on Collision, CMFTR versus the House of Black. 
which is just an insane match to just throw away on not throw away. That's a that's a TV, ticket, you know, right there. Um, uh huh. So that's going to probably yep, be the 100%. main event, I would think, right? Oh, and it's for the championship, so it could be that the House of Black are going to lose their championship. I think this means could happen. Loses again, dude. That's fucking Yo, dude. Yo, that would be crazy. I, hey, or some bullshit. You know, Ricky Starks most likely is going to be the reason this continues. But um, that is if he's still doing his shit with Punk. But um, yeah, I'm in. Tony Schiavone getting paid because he's doing all these interviews this week, getting all that TV time. Um, was with Powerhouse Hobbs and uh, QT Marshall came to the back with a gold uh, chain for Hobbs. And I know people probably interpreted this as Hobbs was like stealing the gold at the end because, of course, they fucking did. Um, no, Hobbs accepted that as the gift. Like, they're even now in my head. You know what I mean? Like He's like, yeah, you, you fucking gave me some gold. I'm I'm not friends with you, but I'm I'm not gonna like have an issue issue with you. Although he might just fucking bl- like blitz him. I don't know, but I don't think it's I don't think he cares enough. So they paid him off with gold. Basically. Set him up that's, with gold chains and a marquee was. match so. it all out. So what does that mean for Hobbs? I mean, I don't think he. Oh yeah, he said he didn't need his help. So yeah, I guess, I guess he'll get him an opponent. So yeah, I'm glad to see him getting a match on that show. He deserves it. An absolutely great talent. He's gonna. Um, he's probably not winning. I hate to say it. Orange Cassidy. Hopefully, maybe, maybe. That'd be he's, a marquee yeah, match. He's probably not winning then. I hate, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. And he's not winning that match. You know, he could, but he probably won't. You know. Anyway, um, and if he does, then the international title just won't be used, which is even worse, actually. I think because how the legacy that uh, Cassidy has put on that title at this point. How awesome is that that we get to say that the legacy of that championship? I mean, Pac was a, a he was a fucking footnote in that title, dude. Orange Cassidy has made that title. He's already so made us forget it was called the All Atlantic. You that's, know, I well, honestly forget that it, ha- it had true. the rechange. It it feels so much that title's name just feels synonymous with fucking just really insanely good wrestling and just putting on just the absolute barn burners that it has been. I hope they can live up to that legacy with the next champion. It could be why they haven't taken it off him yet. Because like, who are you to put this on that's going to be able to live like deliver on that level? You know who I think? Darby hey. Allen. But anyway, um, that would be good. Um. Yeah, so backstage we had uh, Christian Cage doing an interview as well, and uh, we had his child there, and uh, not even his own child, Charlie, is safe from being absolutely destroyed on national TV by Christian Cage. Christian Cage will stoop to all the lows. He even will insult his own child and get him thrown out of the building by security. Like, what... Charlie, what has gone on with this man? What is going on? Christian is an absolute menace. I love Christian Cage so much. I actually got popped for this. Like, this genuinely popped me. Snot-nosed protege Nick Wayne, too. Like, dude, come on, man. It's going to happen. Christian and Nick Wayne's, if the feud writes itself, the feud, I I genuinely, the fact that he mentioned Nick Wayne, it got my fucking jimmies rustling. Because I'm like, this, it, son of a, I love Christian. And we've seen several times over the last couple of years that Christian Cage, when you put him against some of these younger talents, I mean, look at what he did for Jungle Boy, dude. I'm sorry. He I'm sure Jungle, Jungle Boy, Boy was good anyway, but he literally killed Jungle Boy. He took Jungle Boy and turned him into this fucking savage Jack Perry that we have now. And Jack Perry is now like one of my favorite things to watch every week because of that. Not that he wasn't before, but he was just kind of Jungle yeah. Boy before, you know, like. It's crazy that out of the split, Luchasaurus ended up way better. I would not have had that on paper. You know what I mean? Like. 
but not now. But but then, you know what I mean? But like, honestly, think about it. Luchasaurus is TNT champion. Jungle Boy has not won a championship then since then. So anyway. But yeah, we had Metal League taking on Jay White. Um, the guns were on commentary here. Uh, I loved Ian saying help me to the camera because he was just there was so much going on in the segment. There was just anti Rickabody. It was insane. Um apparently all the action figures are in the Rickabone zone, so that's that's a canonical fact now. Thanks, Nigel. Um and uh yeah, Metal League is one of those guys I wish we had more opportunity for. Uh Jade picked up the win off of Blade God, Runner. How good were the here. guns on commentary um, here? Juice juice just Oh, dude, they are just—they have embraced this new oh. thing so hard. Juice and smothering the brilliant. ring. I mean, you name it. So it's just Bullet Club Gold is fucking awesome. Yeah, hundred percent. Everything has worked out perfectly for this group in a way that I don't think anyone would have expected. But if you just, if you just said on paper what this was going to be, a lot of people would have been like, eh, yeah, I, I don't want to see, see the guys in the Bullet there. Club." Well, you kidding me? They're going to fucking suck. It's like, uh, no, 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 yeah. no. Just wait and see now, motherfucker. Yeah. And uh, I'm really excited for when the guns win some gold again because they're going to look fucking beautiful with some championships around their waist with uh, uh, Jay White and uh, Juice Robinson standing by their sides. And I think Jay White, I think he needs to win that AEW World Championship in the next year, Charlie. I would be cool if he's the one that takes it off MJF. Uh, th- you know what? I'm in. And you know what? Fuck it. Bullet Club Gold might be heels, Dude, kind of. We've mentioned this before. Baby if it's not Kenny Omega that wins the title off MJF, I I could see it being Jay White. Like, genuinely. I still think Kenny Omega's the top like the top option because I don't think they're going to run Danielson back. I just don't see it. You know what I mean? So. You want a conspiracy idea here I have? What if Ricky Starks actually beats CM Punk for the real world championship at some point, right? And... When he does it, he then goes on to face MJF and does the thing we said he might do toward the end of this year if they decide to run it that way because he faced him earlier and everyone was losing I, their fucking minds when he might win the title. Legendary first. And Ricky Starks ends the year at full gear winning would the be fucking legendary world championship. That would be something, yep. man. I'm just saying. I'm in. Because imagine this, the way the story goes is like Punk has earned the match against MJF at this point. There's no way he can dispute getting a world title shot and Punk, and he's just ducking Punk. He's like, no, you, you keep doing this world title shit. You're never getting a world title shot again while I'm champion. And then he loses it because he has to make, like maybe he makes him, uh, he does the MJF thing and he says, he's like, I'll let you be a champion, but you have to defend that title for 10 weeks in a row. And if you don't successfully do it, then you don't get a title shot. And like Tony Khan makes it official because he doesn't agree with the title being a fake title or whatever, you know, like. And uh, see, I'm saying, I know this is complicated, but imagine if it worked like this and then he wins it off him and then Ricky's like, I know I have this fake championship, but I deserve the shot. And he's like, Ricky, I, I actually, actually respect you respect or something you. like that. You know what I mean? You're going to get the shot. I oh, give yeah. you the nod, kid. No, I'm just kidding. But imagine if it was like subtextually being told like that, like there, the MJF would not face CM Punk again because he doesn't, he just hates the idea that he's being called a fake champion. But like somebody like Ricky, he can respect because he's gone to war with him. Like I don't know, I don't know. There's something there. I don't know. Um, I'm I'm, yeah. I'm vamping here at the end because the last segment I have to talk about is an Anna J promo segment, which was just a nice game match that she's going to have next week on Dynamite uh, uh, for the championship. So that she's going to get a shot against Cheetah, which should be a good match. Um, and then we already talked about Punker versus Ricky, obviously. 
Um, anything else you want to add here at the end of the show, Charlie? Before we before we wrap up here, I, I, yeah, that's the end of Collision episode eight. Uh, I thought it was a really good episode. I thought of Collision, Collision and, uh, yeah. is just fucking cooking, man. Um, I'm I'm ready for Kevin Kelly to be back. Um, not, nothing against the Bone Zone. I, he's doing phenomenal. I just uh, Kevin Kelly's fucking killing it in New Japan as well. So it's it's just so nice to hear that in a way we're not even in the full swing of Collision because of that. You know, our main voice isn't there, so it's like. When I think about it like that, I'm like, holy shit. Um, I want to see. I can't wait till the Young Bucks show up on Collision, hopefully next week. And if CM Punk's out there when they show up, I mean, you're talking, holy fuck. I mean, what's going to happen here, right? Um, that would be really cool. I think that would do a lot of healing for, you know, people that are still very concerned about what happened. That if they do do a segment together, that would all, you know what I mean? A lot of that narrative will go away. So that would be nice. Um, the Young Bucks are going to show up on Collision before All In. It's going to happen. It's just, it, you know, next week CM Punk is with wrestling with FTR. So will it be then? Um, I'm looking forward to that. Um, Gleet this week. Um, I don't I don't really even know how to fucking watch Gleet. I just see random clips on Twitter. But Jack Cartwheel is fucking killing it in Gleet, man. I, I think Jack Cartwheel is so fucking talented. And Kota Ibushi looks like he... Uh, he fucking he started cutting since uh, what's it called? Uh, Blood and guts. I I like Jack Cartwheel. He's gonna need to change his name if he's ever gonna. I just I don't know. I I think I there is think. a market for him, and it might only be in Mexico. Don't get me wrong; it might only be. And I think Jack Cartwheel could be a fucking phenomenal champion, top level guy in Mexico, right? But he is just so fucking athletic. I can't. I every time I see a gif of him, it doesn't matter who he's wrestling. He's he's the star of the show, and then um. Kota Ibushi clearly went on a cut since uh since uh Blood and Guts. He looks like he fucking thinned out about like 15 pounds and he's all just muscle again. So I think he was bulking before Blood and Guts and then now he's cutting before Gleet. So maybe he's going to you know, we'll see where he goes from there. So again, he's just freelancing. I don't know when he's showing up next in AW if he ever does, right? Who knows? But um yeah, a, a collision is just I, I love Collision, and it was cool to hear from Brady that, you know, this is his first time ever seeing Collision, and he, he could feel the difference. So it's not just us, man. It's not just us. He knows it, too. <laughs> you know? So, um, next week, we got Hikaru Shida against Anna Jay for the women's title, Jericho Appreciation Society mandatory meeting, the Hardys versus Young Bucks, MJF and Adam Cole appearance, Blackpool Combat Club versus Lucha Brothers, and FGW champion Jack Berry defends against Rob Van Dam at Dynamite. Excuse me. It's good. Another stacked another show. fucking yep. stacked show, you know? That'll be a fun show. And um, again, thank you to Brady for coming on the show with us. It was really cool. And I hope you guys like getting his insight from someone who really just hasn't been completely locked into the wrestling product and just it, it's it's some new eyes on on the show and I just uh, I love doing it. And as as you covered brilliantly at the beginning of the show, we we did a podcast for him for like I believe 6 years. 7 years if we're counting Big Brother. So it was uh it was really cool and yeah thanks everyone for checking out the show if you stuck through the whole thing you are fucking awesome um I I spent like fifty five minutes on dynamite <laughs> I guess I guess I was feeling it um bro I think I spent like forty five minutes on Rainbow. Hey, sometimes we're just cooking right like um but if you guys uh, enjoy that thanks again and uh Wardlow uh take us out man uh, Wardlow's got us right. Wardlow, you, you take us home, bro. Come on. <laughs>